Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. This is episode okay. 83, and this is Altai nice. this week, joined by... Matt, how was your work? Gumble. Matt. And yeah, we're missing, we're missing Australia this week, unfortunately. <laughs> Welcome Wait, to the... Seen... This is the never... MMOs.com Christmas Spectacular. Go ahead, Matt, sorry. I was just saying, we never seem to have it down when somebody's missing. There's always a big pause, like, wait, where are they? It's For so some reason, I always in. think they're going to say something, right? Because I'm used to hearing the five voices, and then, nope, don't hear anything. For those curious, Shu is away at a play. What a classy individual. I don't know. Only thing I know about plays is uh, Lincoln got assassinated at once, so got to avoid those if you want to live, yeah, right? Yeah, dangerous. True. Very dangerous. And with that, Gumby, take it away. Christmas, uh, di- Christmas edition weekly raid. This is the Christmas edition weekly raid filled with sing-alongs and carols, and we're going to put on a show that's worth $100 million without screwing up like Star Citizen. So anyway, this week we're asking, what MMO or game would you ask Santa for? MMO's in the title, but that's a mistake. It should really be, what game would you ask Santa for? Uh, really, this is a bit of a uh, free-for-all sh- uh, question. Anyone in the audience can put whatever game they want, single player, multiplayer, whatever. Or you can just ask Santa to uh, give um, give you your money back from Robert Space Industries. Or you can ask Santa to uh, stop the trolls from DDoSing Elysium's uh, WoW server so you can play the game. Uh, what am I looking forward to? I'm actually looking forward to Lost Ark, Moo Legend, and a few other you games. You pick one, Gumby. You don't get to pick all these. Okay, if, I, if I have to You're pick one. You're making this too complicated. If I have to pick one, I'll pick Lost Ark. I want to see Lost Ark come out in the West. <laughs> I want the hype to finally be uh, be done. I want I want I want people to finally be satiated with their ARPG desires. So, Gummy. dear Santa, please bring Lost Ark to the West. Gummy, I suspect you have ulterior motives for that for Lost Ark. I feel like you want to see Lost Ark launch just so you can see the hype die down. That's like the only yes. reason I want. Yes, you want to. You want. Oh, I, I thought I was up front, up front with that one. All right. All right. Fair. Fair. So go ahead, take it away, Roundtable. All right. Can we? I'll seize it first. All right, go ahead. All right, I'm looking forward to Para Chronicles, which probably should have been obvious after we talked about it last week. Uh, based on what we heard about the game and how it's going to be more like Minecraft than a traditional MMORPG, uh, I'm really excited about that because it, we've seen so many MMORPGs follow the same exact formula. I mean, even beautiful newer games like Bless, you know, they're a lot of fun. We did a video for them. And I recommend the game. It's a lot of fun, but it really still follows that same mold that's been popularized basically since EverQuest days and World of Warcraft days. Like the the, the formula has not changed, and at least with Para Chronicles, we have a chance in a different formula where players make the levels. Obviously, these are all you know interesting ideas. Until we see how it gets executed, it doesn't mean anything. You know, these, this is all hype right now, but the the concepts behind Para Chronicles have me excited a lot. It's really one of the only games trying to do what it's doing. And definitely looking forward to Para Chronicles. Art style looks gorgeous, and I want to play. Hopefully it comes out in 2017 in the West. Probably not going to happen, but I'm hoping. All right, so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say StarCraft Ghost, because if I'm going to ask uh, <laughs> Santa, right, I might as well ask for something that's probably not going to happen either that's way. Fair. <laughs> what are you saying? Santa's not real, Matt. Is that is that the insinuation here? No, I'm saying that if I'm going to ask a magical being for help with something, I'm going to ask him for something he that's wants... probably not going to happen. He's <laughs> asking. He's asking for a miracle in on the gaming industry. All right. A little miracle on 34th Street. Matt, what 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 would you do? What would you say if like Blizzard announces next year, like we're good, Starcraft Ghost, we're reviving it. I'd probably just go, I've been waiting my whole life for this, and just quit. <laughs> would, you, would you say on stream you now believe in Santa if that happened? 
Probably, yeah. Okay. You, have okay. To. you heard it here first, boys. I'm hoping for it. You never know. Erhan, what are, what are you writing to Santa? I know you've been uh, checking your list all day. So you tell us, what are you, what are you writing to Santa for this year? Uh, I have two. One is in the realm of reality, okay? Go ahead. And the other is, you know, like a fantasy, like like StarCraft Ghost. Go ahead. The realistic one, a remake, H, well, HD remaster, whatever you want to call it, of StarCraft 1, okay? So nice graphics, but the exact same mechanics and stats of StarCraft The good one. Yeah, in Rude War, okay? I think it would be so popular. I think it would bring back StarCraft as an eSport, actually. I'm talking like yeah. Twitch top like three, top four games, you know? And all they have to do, you know, is just, you know, make it so you can, you know, reconnect, that kind of stuff. Just cosmetic stuff, but exact same stats, textures. exact same mechanics, and just boom, pump it out there. Free to play, bam, 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 bam. There we go. Um, so that's, that's uh, I think that's possible. I think if StarCraft, I think if Blizzard wants to make money, they can make money from that, right? Sure. Right. My my wish list, which is not going to happen, is a full fledged MMORPG with the Magic: The Gathering setting. And I've I've talked about this before on the podcast. You know, because you have the zone names all mapped out, the rare lands. You have mm-hmm. the monsters all, you know, names all the lore. The lore. Yeah. You know, the, you have all the characters ready to go from Magic: The Gathering. All the art assets too. There's so many art assets for uh, yeah, yeah. Magic beautiful the art assets. The art direction, the art, the story, everything is set to go. All you need is uh. uh I'm not sure if you make the combat card based or just regular based with the you know the cards being characters. I don't know yet, but that's my that's my dream. That's a good dream because it's gonna stay one. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> What's funny is somebody in the chat said uh, PSO2 to come out in the West, and I feel like at that point, Magic got a better shot with StarCraft 2 than PSO2 yeah, yeah, coming out in the West yeah. after all these years. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Santa can't make that dream come true. Santa has limits. All right. <laughs> So I'm curious. Says, uh, we don't believe ahead. in Santa, therefore there are no miracles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on! You gotta keep the holiday spirit. I have. No, I said spirit. Sega. Sega. Oh, no. Sega. <laughs> and actually, uh, before we uh, go to the our game of the year, because we got oh, a lot of fun did, stuff to did talk Gumbel about. Did Gumball get to go? Yeah, he went first. Okay. Yeah, I, went, I already forgot. I about see. Him. I see. You pay attention when I talk. Gumby's very ignorable. All right, he's very easily. <laughs> let's let's be real. I think he's. Dear Santa, I wish someone would pay attention to me. Dear Santa, I hope Senpai notices me. Is what you what you should say <laughs> on there. <laughs> but before we get to uh, the game of the year stuff, I actually thought of an interesting um, question I wanted to ask you guys, and it actually does relate with Blizzard because I know my bro- my brother reminded me when he talked about StarCraft, and uh, I was playing Overwatch the other other day with Australia, and we played for a while, and I, and I know I had a lot of fun with Overwatch. I got a lot of time into it, and she's been playing a lot more than me. I'm curious because when you look at games like we, we talked about the story the other week about the guy spending a million dollars in Game of War, like how can a company like Blizzard monetize their games better? Because let's be real, I feel like I got too good of a deal with Overwatch, you know, with the hundreds of hours I've spent in the game for like forty bucks. Like how can Blizzard like, expand their like market? Because Blizzard can only make so much money with a game like Overwatch. Let's say you you know you're an addict, you you, you spend a hundred bucks on skins, right? You can literally get like every skin with a couple hundred bucks. So you can't even spend thousands. How can Blizzard better monetize their games? Hmm. Well, with that said, I would just want to say I'm pretty sure Overwatch is one of the best performing games of the year, monet- money-wise. Yes, but it's it's not number one. It's up there, though. Okay, and so... Don't get me wrong. They're not I, doing I love, bad. I love their monetization model, right? Because we get so much value, right? Like, they give us so much for what we pay. And other companies, 
have bigger money pits. I feel like what if if Blizzard hired you basically okay. to make them more money without pissing off their players, how do you do it? For Overwatch specifically? Yes, Overwatch will say. Hmm. That's a good uh, question. Besides more cosmetics? How could you do it? Uh, I have a few suggestions myself because I was I was thinking about this as I, I just why don't you uh, start us off while we Okay, while I'll we go think. first. I figure uh you because the way this there's legendaries, there's rares and so forth, they can add stuff like um secret rares and super take a take a page from the Yu-Gi-Oh book, right? We got secret rares, ultra rares, super rares, right? There's three extra tiers of rarity, which are like one in a thousand loot boxes, right? That are so rare. They but they give you like different weapons, right? And again, these are only cosmetics, so they re- they literally change nothing in the game, right? But it would attract people that are just really want to get that those skins to roll like thousands of thousands of dollars worth of uh, skins for them, and you can't trade. So the only way to get them is spend all this money, and they can make a shit ton more money. I feel like without pissing off their player base, because you don't need to have a secret rare weapon skin, you don't need to have a secret rare cosmetic to like enjoy the game at all, and everything else remains the same. Just add stuff that, that the, the chance of dropping is like zero point one percent, you know, and a whole bunch of them. Oh, the the old scummy technique. All right, <laughs> yeah, look. If if they hired me, they could make a lot more money. All right, I got the money. You know what's funny? Hmm. I wonder if they had scummy stuff like that. Would Is they it be scummy as, though? Would Is they it be scummy? Uh, let's just let's just for the sake of argument, let's say it's okay. perceived as being scummy, right? Mm-hmm. But I wonder if Blizzard would have made as much money as they have already selling Overwatch, or just by having the tactics you would need to put in to make more money, you would turn off other people from the game because. I think what makes Overwatch a great seller is the amount of value you get from its standard price. And that and, and by adding to that or trying to change the model, they would actually hurt themselves. And I think people would not go out and buy the game to begin with. They would look at it and say, Oh look, I've seen this in in League of Angels. I don't wanna mm-hmm. deal with this, you know? I mean I got I love Blizzard for that. I got a couple. Go ahead. I got a couple. One painless thing. So you can buy those levels, but but you don't get the loot box, you just buy the level. Or, or not, you get the loot box too, why not, okay? So some people like big numbers, right? So you can pretend yeah. like you play a lot by having like the little higher level a character. And the star is your name. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't change it, but yeah, you could do that. Just it, it's not even like matchmaking either, so that's fair. Yeah, so do that. That's one. One, unlock achievements for like five bucks each. But don't you think the level thing, even though I agree, it doesn't do anything, right? that might be perceived as more unfair than what I'm saying. I don't think so. The level people like, oh, I worked so hard to get those levels, you know? Actually... If I queue with someone and he's got more levels than me, like it makes me feel like they suck at the game because they played obviously more than me, but they're just but I'm queuing <laughs> with them, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you can yeah. think that. So if anything, it kind of makes you look worse at the game. Yeah, that, that's true. And what but someone I recommended? Exception uh, there. Okay, and I don't know why Blizzard stopped doing this. Maybe it didn't work. But I remember back in Warcraft Three. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us played that. There was there were these built-in in-game tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if Gumball, if you experienced yeah. those or not, but it it, it kind of was cool. Like you can basically join a tournament uh, once a week or w- whatever it was, and see how far you get. So okay. I don't understand why new games like Overwatch, Blizzard games, don't have a similar feature. Imagine like a weekly tournament. Uh, that can- feature was not very popular in, in Warcraft Three, though. So I don't know if you want to model it off of a obscure feature that most people never did. But I think times have changed since Warcraft Three. I think the kind of tournament atmosphere, esports atmosphere, competitive atmosphere with Twitch and stuff is is more developed today, and more conducive to that kind of. But Blizzard's already pushing esports. You, you know, this is not really in the realm of monetization anymore. No, you can you can you could include certain like premium tournaments, which is a cash prize, and if you win, uh, you get the in-game currency. All right. 
for example, they're doing with Hearthstone recently. The one of the, I think a week or two ago, a couple weeks ago. The brawls, right? The brawl. They had, a, they had an elite brawl or whatever they call it, where it costs money to enter or coins, and you you know if you win, you win a whole lot of coins in return. All right. Uh, I mean, if you got anything else from from Gumby or Matt, otherwise we can jump to the the fun stuff because obviously, uh, game of the year is pretty huge and good stuff in there. I'm I'm ready for game of the year. I really I think Overwatch is fine the way it is. I don't want them to do anything to except for what Aaron suggested, <laughs> say with tournaments and whatnot. But no, no, uh, none of your shenanigans, Omer. <laughs> but I <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I don't miss anything though because I, I actually when I get new skins, I don't even use skins, right? Because I'll, I'll get all these rare skins. I won't even equip mm-hmm. them because I really don't care. Whether it's League, whether it's Overwatch, skins don't do anything for me. So if, if sure. it gets people excited, you know, it doesn't hurt me if they get special skins and paid skins, whatever. Hold but that's just me, maybe. I don't I got know. got it. $100 skins, free, one for each character that's a gender bend. So if, if Childer becomes female, <laughs> Pharaoh becomes male, boom. Yeah. That's kind of fun, actually. All right. Anyway, let's move on to our game of the year. Who is, which was composed by our, by the only journalist in the entire industry, uh, Matt. Matt. Matt is our, as the only journalist in all of gaming. Thank you, Matt. Matt, you deserve a little round of applause. I, if I didn't have push to talk, I would uh, take a little light <laughs> just golf Just, just, just use on. your feet. Use your feet. Come on, Gummy. <laughs> I got carpeting. Yeah. It doesn't work. Ah, fail. <laughs> so, Matt, why don't you tell us, what was the MMOs.com game of the year? All right, so do, do we want to start with the boring ones or do we want to start with the big one? I'll just go down the list from the top. Let's go down, down the list. list. Let's start with the big one. Right, People so like order. The big one, our MMORPG of the year, because we separated them because we cover so much crap that we just decided, okay, MMORPGs, MMOs, they're separate. We're, we're not going to compare them because there's just no way. Mm-hmm. Our MMORPG of the year is Black Desert Online. Yep, I agree with Whoa. that. I, agree. I agree with that too. But I feel like a lot of people are going to disagree with it. That's okay. Their but opinions the don't is, matter. Ours too. <laughs> that's true. Okay, fine. Their opinions don't matter. But I do want to, uh, you know, I recognize those complaints people have about Black Desert sure. Online. Okay, I mean, and I think we acknowledge yeah. them. Yeah, and that, that's worth mentioning too. Just because we gave it the game of the year doesn't mean we don't acknowledge those complaints. I mean, the game isn't perfect. There's problems with it. And some of the, you know, the crazy amount of RNG in the game and it costs so much money to get some stuff and some of the potentially pay-to-win elements... A lot of those issues don't affect most of the players. I mean, I had a lot of fun with it. I think we all had fun with it. And it really was one of the best games of the uh, MMORPGs of the year. I mean, and before then, you start hating on us, what else could you think of that well, you know, replaced BDO? I, I just want to say, I think I said this in another podcast and Aaron's pointed to it. I think we all have a little bit. But what makes BDO special is it points to what can be. What What's possible with tech that we have today? It's doing mm-hmm. things... Especially, you know, just creating a living world. I don't think any game's created such a, such a living world like Black Desert has. Mm-hmm. Um, and that alone is worth noting. It's you know, it's very important not to ignore something because you don't like one feature, right? You have to t- judge things in their totality. And, and I mean, I rage quit it, right? I rage quit it, and I sat down to like put out my suggestions, and that was the first thing I thought of after rage quitting it. So I mean, that says something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we got to keep it in mind. These are games that came out in 2016. Right. Uh, don't give me. Some people are saying things like bless, and you know, while bless is playable through proxies and nonsense, um, for the vast majority of our users, which is North America and Europe, right. bless is not out yet. So that's out of the running. Just basically. And you want to talk about optimization issues? I mean, BDO obviously had their own optimization problems too, as does you know tons of games that launched. I, I, there are optimization issues with bless as well. So there's issues with every well, game. Bless stars for a full minute. 
on my yes. computer, and it's better than yeah. most of the people in our Discord because I know because they remind me all the time that <laughs> I have a better computer than them. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely not just exclusive. Somebody's saying we have Blade and Soul and BDO. Listen, personally, uh, I did want to give it to Blade and Soul. However, I think it is fair to say Blade and Soul is really unfair to give it to regardless because it wasn't really released in 2016 it came out in like in korea years ago yes the north american version launched in <laughs> in this year but because of that we i i couldn't we couldn't in good conscience give it the game the mrpg of the year award because that'd be very dishonest it was not when you think bland soul you don't think you know 2016 mrpg obviously bdo also came out you know earlier in korea but the gap was not nearly as wide and also with bland soul we will get to it later in this list while it had some really good elements, you know, the combat, as a mm -hmm. package, as an MMORPG, and, and MMORPGs are not just about combat, which is, you know, something yeah. I want to stress. Uh, I think overall as a package, whether it's the world building, the housing, you know, all the stuff, you know, resource gathering, you know, trade, all, you know, by trade, I mean like the little note thing they have going on. Mm -hmm. uh, Black Desert just did a better job as a complete package of a game. IMO. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And actually, while we still have Black Desert, while Black Desert running in the video, uh, we should talk about the best feature as well. Who wants oh. to take that? Let's Matt. Matt. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt, Matt. Matt's the point man on the whole thing. Matt's right? the guy. All right, so we give best feature, which is a new thing we're doing because we want to acknowledge, like, just a specific feature that really stood out to us and something that, like, genuinely made us think, "Oh my God, I've never seen this before," mm -hmm. and. For this year, we gave it to Black Desert Online's node system because it's something that kind of fades into the background as you play it more, and it's confusing at first, and then it fades into the background. But what you have to realize about the node system is that it's literally one of the most unique customizable forms of alternate progression that has ever been seen in an MMO. I mean, I have never seen anything like quite as organic, I'm going to say, as in terms of progression. Because you start at one node and you just slowly go through it and you, you slowly unlock the ability to earn more profit. It's just mm -hmm. not completely useless. I, I think that's why it deserves it. And despite not being perfect, because it is confusing early on and you do have to you know, invest some time into learning it. But I, I really, you really have to applaud games when they do stuff like this because we've seen so many games, again, even AAA new games, just really just rehash the same <laughs> old nonsense over and over again. So. God bless uh, Black Desert Online for their note system yeah. and everything else they've done. I want to share all the good stuff they've done. I want to share my experience with the note system the first time I encountered it. I remember okay. I've been playing literally, you know, I'd say easily over 200 MMORPGs now. Like I've tried. And on, it's, it's at the point where when I play a new one, I make a character, I do the quest line, I turn my brain off because I know exactly what's going to happen, right? I kill the wolves, mm -hmm. I kill the rats. But when I encountered this and I kind of saw the world map and little nodes connected, I just had to sit back on my chair and be like, wow. I haven't seen this before, and I had to like you know look into it, read about it, like, learn it, and and you don't get that in MMORPGs as much as you should, considering they're supposed to be this whole in-depth genre. Not, they, they, I feel like MMORPGs have become more cookie cutter than like shooters recently, right? Definitely, yeah. So a feature like this is something that really sets it apart, and we need a lot more of stuff like this in this genre. I 100% agree. I I loved just you know. Feeling confused and working my through the way through the system, figuring it out. I even made a video for it, and it's a it's a it's its own type of reward. Things not everything has to be handed to you on a plate, right? It's good, you know. Part of the adventure in playing games is figuring out how to play it. 
especially with an MMORPG where, again, like you said, you're supposed to be inhabiting this world, learning its unique rules. And I'll say it again. This is something I stress a lot. I mean, you really learn the game when you hit an obstacle. When I play a game, I, basically my brain is off. And, what, and unless I die in the game, and unless I fail, and the game is telling me, Remo, you're doing something wrong. Figure it out. Until I hit that roadblock, I just play the game on autopilot. So when I hit those roadblocks, it lets me actually, okay, I got to wake up. I got to figure out what's going on. And with the note system, you kind of do that because you want to figure out what's going on here. And that applies when you die, when you hit a roadblock in, in the game's features. You got to learn it. And having to learn something new is actually, I think, a pretty good feeling. And we don't get enough of that, I think, in most MRPGs. Let's take it to our next category, which is the best expansion. Best expansion. Well, before we do that, just okay. to... Quick notice, we did give him Black Desert also best graphics because what else is it going to compete with this year? I mean, there's Bless, that's next year for us. So mm -hmm. it literally can't compete with anything else this year. Yep. Yeah, I don't even all. think that needs explaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, best expansion. Uh, okay, this one is going to be really controversial. Who wants to do this? No, no, it's you, Matt. It's you. You could take all the heat for this one. <laughs> oh, God. Matt is going to absorb all the blame for saying good things about Tryon, guys. Are you ready for this? Alright, so we gave uh, Arcage 3.0 Revelation our best expansion. And the reason that we did this... Okay, so Tryon made a huge deal about Rift when they released Starfall Prophecy because it was a premium expansion for a free-to-play game. And they, But you had to pay for it. It was an actual premium expansion. But Arcage, when they released 3.0, they released an, a premium expansion for free in a free-to-play game. And I, I think that alone is worth acknowledging. I mean, mm -hmm. it added two new races, new zones, new housing areas. It added quests. It added everything. I mean, they, they even have a whole new set of skills in your skill tree. I mean, how, much, how many games can you say do all that in one expansion? Especially if they're free. Mm-hmm. You know what I found amazing about that expansion? Uh, so in the you know up till this expansion, we heard a lot of hate for Arcage, but I guess people forgot to hate on the game when the expansion was released because the queue times to get into Arcage 3.0 were, I mean, it was impossible at some point. So mm -hmm. I think uh, even you know as a company, Tryon may have to get a lot of hate, but they did something right here to garner so much attention, uh, so many players jumping back into the game. And I mean, it got everyone. I mean, it got me to install the game and try playing it. So it definitely generated a ton of interest. And I, mean, I think just it's still hard to get in. Too. It's still hard to get. Yes, in. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It's still difficult to get in even today. And to quantify just how much uh, success they're having with this expansion, the Steam user base, the player base, was hitting about six hundred to a thousand normally, right? And with expansion, we're hitting for the last week about forty-five hundred players online. And the, wow. the lowest is like 3,700. It's absolutely insane. And this is just on Steam alone. People are playing the game on Glyph. I think most people are probably playing on Glyph, not Steam. So these numbers do not even do the total game game's player base justice. So the expansion brought a lot of people back, and the Fresh Start servers got people excited for Arcage all over again. <laughs> people complain about the queues, but at least when you know when there's a queue that the servers are packed, all right? Like there's something about like, waiting through the queue that feels rewarding yes i know it can be frustrating but it's a part of the experience right as mo players anytime you deal with a brand new launch or you know huge update the queue is a part of the experience and not a great part that, but a part and it shows that pay to win doesn't matter to as many people as people think it does because that's, that's all those too. people are in there despite thinking that the game is pay to win you know, I'm ready to just admit straight up, 
pay to win is not like a game killer because you look at so many mobile games that are huge with pay to win it doesn't even matter as long as they don't they limit the pay to win and it doesn't get too out of control it doesn't matter that much i mean i've been saying that the whole time so i'm glad you came around i am i am, com- I am coming around slowly but I mean, obviously you know, you, there's got to be a balance between the pay to win and it's it's unfortunately here to stay. I mean, the balance has to be this. Ready? Whether I can still enjoy the game at my own pace without being yes. like bullied or shut down by right. the paying people. Mm-hmm. And games like uh, this is kind of not in the list, but Maple Story with the recent update, fifth class. I've been mm-hmm. playing. I've been leveling up. And you know what? There's people that know how to level better than me. They get to 200 in like three hours. Now, whether they're paying for you know experience scrolls or whatever they're paying for. Or just stay just more informed than me. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going at my own pace. I'm having fun. That's fair. Right, I think what's... those uh, those 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 uh, those uh, old those uh, new servers they launched in MapleStory, which will really bring the players back over there. But that's that's a different story. All right, what's our next category, boys? Our next category is best combat, and this is where we acknowledge Blade and Soul because we couldn't give it Game of the Year. Because it just didn't feel right, but mm-hmm. we did give it best combat because we recognize that people continually refer to it as a 3D fighting game in MMO form. We've mm-hmm. never seen that in MMOs. I mean, it takes elements of other like MMOs, but it really does bring its own unique style to the genre. I can't emphasize enough how much fun I had with the combat in Blade and Soul. Usually, combat is almost always like a secondary thing to MMORPGs, but the combat in Blade and Soul was genuinely fun all right at some point in the beginning i kind of wish it was a little bit uh, more difficult but the fact that you can when you when you overcome a difficult encounter it just feels so satisfying just having to like dodge attacks parry attacks and i i just had so much fun playing as a melee character in both pvp and some of the, a little bit more difficult pve encounters it's it's fun if you never played blade and soul i still recommend checking it out today uh there are optimization issues. The game isn't perfect, but the combat is, is is genuinely fun. Something you can't say about the combat in most MMORPGs. I think MMORPGs are fun because of everything else, not necessarily necessarily the combat. But for Blade and Soul, the combat itself is top notch. I can't argue against that. I had one of the most Blade and Soul is one of the most engaging combat experiences for sure, where mm-hmm. you actually feel a need to pay attention, not staring at YouTube on your second monitor and spamming your keyboard. Uh, where you're, you're actually sitting there trying to parry, block, yeah. and, and follow the correct skill chain. And that's, that's a ton of fun, and we don't see that very often in many. Even, you know, people say they love action combat, but you're still spamming abilities for the most part. And, you know, uh, this is kind of to relate back to what we talked about a little bit last week, but Blade and Soul is a good example of my kind. Uh, uh, it's a concept of my kind of progression. Where remember when we were talking about progression in MMORPGs being kind of skill-based? As in the player okay. scale rather than like a number in the game. Mm-hmm. The combat in Blade and Soul kind of fits that uh, theme I was going trying to explain. Where even if a guy is level 50 or whatever, if all he's done is PvE, right? And he plays against Yes, he'll you, be awful. He'll be awful. He, he'll have the same skill set, right? Imagine you're a dual yeah. class, same class. Mm-hmm. He'll have the same skill set as you. And his armor might be better because he's, uh, you know, grinding a lot or PvEing a lot, whatever it is. But he can't, he won't, he won't land a hit on you. You know, they all get equalized in the PV, but you're right. He will literally not even be able to land a hit. Like you can, you can get hundred to zero somebody who's got no idea what he's doing. You know, yeah. You can totally dumpster somebody if they don't know how to play. And and by don't know how to play, I don't mean like someone who just logged in for the first time. Yes. I mean someone who never really got challenged by. He just did the PVE, not even the bosses, just the regular combat. You know. Mm-hmm. So, this is one of those games where, 
your skill as in player skill is going to determine who wins the pvp fight rather than just smashing the keyboards and having bigger numbers than they do yeah that's fair and pvp there is a lot of fun if you enjoy pvp and mrpgs check out the arena in uh in Planet soul now we need to talk about the most anticipated MMORPG. What's going to be coming out? All right, this one shouldn't be too surprising. Maybe. I, I, I guess I'll just, I'll I'll just take it, I guess. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you, the you mo- go ahead the most anticipated MMORPG is it's Revelation Online. Uh, there's a few caveats to this. We actually know Revelation Online is coming out, unlike some other games like Bless. Um, <laughs> We have, I think every single one of us has been shocked about the hype throughout 2016 uh, that surrounded Revelation Online. The number of people who have dedicated uh, all mm-hmm. their co- like content creators, the people who have dedicated all their content to this game. And I had a chance to play it, and I, I mean, I found it fun. Uh, but it's definitely, I can't think of any other game, I don't think any of us can, that has seen as much um, hype, right? I mean, we today we advertise that we have keys. I think we have a few people in here looking for a key uh, mm-hmm. still to play it. So, yeah, and the thing is, we actually know this is coming out. So, Bless and Peria Chronicles are up in the air. We have no idea where they're going to stand in 2017. But Revelation Online, we know. And, again, you cannot really under undersell the, the amount of hype in Revelation. You know, I logged in, and it's a Chinese-developed MRPG, typically not always well-received in the West. But the amount of the sheer quantity of players in the game, they were willing to put up with closed beta 1, where the game was terrible. 90% either in, in, in China, in, you know, Mandarin or, or Russian, and 10% in, like, in English. And people put up with that. They, they played a lot. The servers were packed. Everywhere was busy. And that shows you people are hyped about the game. You know, it's, forget like what you read online. People are so hyped, they're actually playing a game that's so broken and unfinished and unoptimized and not even translated. So there is an unbelievable amount of hype for Revelation. And I'm curious to see how that will carry through into launch, which should hopefully be uh, early 2017. I want to point out, for anyone who is going to be playing closed beta test 2, translations have largely been fixed. Uh, There are a few still, there are still a few NPCs and items that are still in Chinese or Russian, but for the most part, it's all English. And that is such a a relief compared to closed beta (laughs) 1. How would that even get through? Like, how would that close bit even happen with like the whole game and not even in English? It's so weird that that well, even happened. To be happened. fair, I did hit level forty-four even mm-hmm. with terrible translation, so you could still play. Yes, it's playable. It's just it's weird. Play- it was playable. <laughs> I just uh, I remember that it was hysterical because mm-hmm. it would be all in Chinese for a while, and then all of a sudden, like this pop-up would come up and just be in Russian. I literally <laughs> laughed out loud a few times, mm-hmm. like, why? Why is this the thing that's just in Russian? For... But yeah, I mean, I I personally have few issues with Revelation on. I'm not sure that I'm going to be myself when it comes out. But I mean, I'm continuously shocked at how many people are still hyped about it, even after having played it. Like, I mean, I still hear about it all the time on other forums of dedicated to MMORPGs and stuff. And that's something that doesn't usually happen. Like, Because usually it's the moment that people play it that yes. they stop talking about it. Exactly. And, and, every sing- and it doesn't matter if it's closed beta, open beta. Most people aren't willing to give it a chance. It's the moment that they play it, that it's just done. And as soon as anyone acts like they're excited about it or they talk about it, it's like, that game sucks. Why would you even bring that up here? But mm-hmm. Revelation is not one of those games. And it's just astounding to me that it's not. 
I'm Yo, it's all those uh, $100 uh, balloon mounts they sold, right? <laughs> people, got, people got too invested, you know? They got, they got to keep playing after they bought those mounts. So I'm playing the uh, Sunday Funday video here in the background. And as you guys can see from the top uh, right uh, cameras, I was not actually in this one. So I did not get to play this game. I'm the only one here who has not played it. And I don't know much about it besides Omar's uh, Hype Me Up segment from a few weeks ago or months ago. Mm -hmm. And from what I'm looking at, this is actually my first time watching this video, too. Uh, the character designs look much better than I expected from a Chinese game. I got my character here. Are you by the fact that the interface is, like, not in English? And, like, the game is, like, half and mostly in Chinese and Well, I'm not Russian. really paying attention to the text, but... It, it's just weird. It doesn't mm -hmm. look like it's groundbreaking, but it does look a lot better and more polished than I expect from a Chinese game. I'm very pleased with the direction of like the open world. Uh, it's got it has a persistent world, meaning like there is no zoning. You know, it's a giant world, just like Black Desert, just like Bless. So these three games are pushing the whole uh, you know seamless world experience, and I like that in MMORPGs. And worth mentioning too. I mean, while we're on Revelation, I mean, we did hear this week that the Russian version of the game will be launching into open beta uh, on December 26th. So a day after Christmas, the Russian version. Is beating us again in the West once again. You know they're gonna they beat us to bless. They beat us to Revelation, and uh, hopefully that that should give us an idea when the Western it's version will launch as well. I mean, don't I expect the Western version personally to launch early 2017, either January or February. So just to see that one launching the beta kind of gives us hope as well. Well, let's take it to uh, the oh, next category: MMOs. Mm -hmm. Ready? <laughs> yep. Ready for MMOs? This is the I'm MMO ready for the MMOs. The Who's ready for MMO of the year? Right, I, I think Omer should take this one. I'll take this one because I actually hey, played this game please. recently. We gave our MO of the year to Battle Right. And again, uh, we did distinguish the categories between MMORPG and MMO. But very few, I, I did not think Battle Right would impress me the way it did. And I think a lot of people were caught by surprise by Battle Right and how just how successful it is. Because you go on Steam from the day it launched till now, it's still got thousands of players online. And this is during early access where the game costs money. They very clearly said the game will be free to play at launch sometime in Q1 of 2017. But it's one of the most uh, fun games I've played, and I just recently returned to it with the launch of the competitive season and with the rebalance changes, and I, I still had a lot of fun. I just It's a game that you can just jump back into, and it's really making, I guess, the MOBA experience. I know you, I know people don't want to call the game a MOBA. They whoa, call whoa, whoa. it a Team it's Arena tab. Brawler. It's a tab. It's a Team Arena oh, Brawler. Would you read tab. our page, please? It's categorized okay. as a tab. It's a tab. <laughs> Here at MMOs.com, we're trying to make a new uh, term up. It's called TAB for Team Arena Brawlers. It's going to stick one day. It'll be an acronym just as ubiquitous as MOBA one day. But it, it's a lot of fun, and I think it's hands down uh, the best MMO of the year. Even though it, it's still launched this year, it's still in early access, but the full game itself will be free to play in uh, 2017 if you haven't played it. It's a 3v3 or 2v2 uh, arena brawler. And it's amazing how well it did considering how poorly Bloodline Champions did. The game that this is this is basically Bloodline Champions with a more streamlined interface and more fluid gameplay. It's the same game. I guess the developers behind this, uh, Stunlock Studios, were a little bit too early with Bloodline Champions, and I guess this proves it. Sometimes you can have a great game, but you're just too early. Your timing is wrong. So usually I would just say the game wasn't great if it didn't succeed, but this is one of the few instances where I can admit that the timing was just off. They just didn't, you know, they released at a poor time and it, it didn't catch on. But at least they made Battle Right, and it's it's rocking it. I as someone, oh, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no, take it away. As someone who played Bloodline Champions, the problem with it was the learning curve. And for whatever reason, maybe because I'm older, I don't know, or, or maybe because the game is just designed better this time around, but Battle Right, 
it's one of those games I didn't figure out right away. I took a couple rounds to figure out, uh, but it clicked. You know, it clicked after maybe 20 minutes of gameplay, and that that's the key. Like you can't you can't take longer than that for this kind of small bite sized game. You know, so they they kind of got that right, I think. Whereas in Blood, you know, Line Champions, they took too long to figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, and going along with that, what I love about Battle Right is the matches are about five minutes. Mm-hmm. So you get in, you get out. It's a great game that you can just get in there, you play, you learn a little bit more. And that's the other thing. Every time you play in a five-minute match, you learn a little bit more about your character or what you should have done. You never feel cheated. It's always a skill versus skill-based uh, mm-hmm. match. And that's something that's very hard to do in any game. So actually, on our site, we gave it a perfect score. Uh, wow. So, I, yeah, I really was impressed. I really like the game a lot. I mean, oh, yeah. I think it's going to do astounding when it releases. Go ahead. Here's something that I really like about it, probably under, like, um, appreciated. When a game goes on too long, it shrinks the arena. Oh, oh yeah. It forces you in the middle. That's right. Great feature. I love it. I think one of the only weak points in the game, but luckily it didn't affect me, I did think the, cos- the cosmetics were weak. They had a very weak cosmetic game. <laughs> I'm glad again, that's your complaint. And honestly, that was one of the cons we listed on MMOs.com. And yes. honestly, it doesn't affect my gameplay at all. But I could see how players want that progression in the game. They want to play the game a lot and unlock certain cosmetics. And it'll keep people playing longer. Of course, they're adding more and more. But that's that's really the only weak aspect of the game. The core gameplay, as, as Gumby just said, you never feel cheated. And that's a remarkable feeling. Because even if your teammate is like kind of meh, you always have the potential to carry it's not a it's not like a game of league or dota where you can you can always blame your team you know oh my shitty teammate fed the enemy team they they're higher level they got 10k more gold than us that's not the case <laughs> even if they're ahead by a bit you can overcome almost like any advantage is is surmountable and everyone's had if you played battle right long enough you've had those games where you you win the 2v1 when you're at 10 percent hp and they're both like almost full you've had those experiences and it feels great and i think battle right is gonna do amazing and definitely i think Undisputed game of the year in, in my heart too, for MMO I think, wise. I, I think it's going to hit Paladin's level of popularity when it goes yep. free to play. Definitely, like, easily. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's move on now to our next category, which is the card game of the year. There's always so many card games to talk about, and in mm-hmm. fact, I think there's more more card games come out each year than there were mobas in the uh, probably. MOBA, yeah, uh, I think you're right. MOBA Prime. And this year, we gave the card of the year to Shadowverse, uh, which I, I, which caught me by surprise. I did not expect to play Shadowverse as much as I did, especially as someone who's never played Hearthstone and is proud of it, proud of my ignorance. <laughs> uh, Shadowverse is a lot like Hearthstone, uh, with an anime theme and a few other features uh, that make it unique, where you can evolve your cards uh, two or three times, depending on which turn, mm-hmm. uh, what, what your turn is, and that gives it a... a little uh, unique tactical spin. And uh, the game's been a ton of fun. I know that in our MMOs.com Discord, we had quite an active chat for a while there, just uh, trading how to make decks and uh, people battling each other. I lost with such grace to a few people in Discord. <laughs> uh, I know, I think everyone here has played the game, right? Yep. Yeah. I have about 50 hours into my Steam. Wow. I'm not counting my mobile time. Yeah. Um, as someone who has played Hearthstone and got bored really quickly with Hearthstone, I didn't expect to like it at all, but I had a lot of fun with it. I, I think the evolutions really do help. It mm-hmm. it gives you something to be constantly aware of, other than just placing your cards, like trying to take down the other people's cards. It, it's 
it's that exact moment that you're waiting for to evolve your unit to get the tactical. And that really helped me a lot in actually being able to play it. I think uh, uh, I'm the only ahead. I am the only dissenter here. Okay, first of all, I didn't play it as much as they did. I did try it. Uh, I do like the fact that it has plenty of single player content. That's one of my favorite parts of Hearthstone right now is the single player story stuff, and the daily quests and such. I don't think Shadowverse has daily quests, right? I don't think so. No, okay. no, but you don't need them. The game gives you so much free shit. For me, it's a pacing issue. I, I'd rather you know, it's not a matter of just having everything or not. The pacing mm -hmm. kind of helps me. Uh, so for me, what I loved, uh, well, first I'll say what I didn't like about Shadowverse. The the arena, did just somehow felt off to me. Like, I don't know. No, you're it, right. I agree. The okay. arena is ugly. The UI is ugly, hands down. Yeah, the opinion. UI and the arena, it's kind of off putting. I don't, I don't really have a word for it. But if I had to pick my game, and I guess this could be the runner up, unofficial runner up, it will be Feria. Uh, the art was just beautiful. The arena was beautiful. The fact that it was a little different, it wasn't just slapping down cards. It was you had to build out the arena as you played. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. But I mean, clearly, Shadowverse is much more popular. It, uh, it delivers a lot more variety. There's a lot of cards, right? And there's a lot of different. There's a lot of different deck types as well, I've noticed, in uh, Shadowverse. Whereas in Feria, one of the biggest problems is there's so few cards. Uh, yeah, so that was I, a huge issue. Yeah, so I guess I think Feria had a lot of potential. Uh, it's beautiful, but not enough depth. So I can see why Shadowverse would take the lead. I got about 32 hours in Feria on my Steam account, about 50 hours in Shadowverse, and I played at least another 20 hours of Shadowverse on so it works really well on mobile, and I, I agree with your complaints on Shadowverse, and I'm not giving any free passes, but I think where the game shines is, as Matt pointed out, the evolution system. It gives you something to keep an eye on, but the fact that every single character and the kind of deck you can make is distinct. Whether you're playing, uh, you know, you're playing with the countdown cards, you know, every character has their own unique mechanic. You play the fairies, you know, the, you, your, your individual cards combo with each other. You have a... Uh, each of the factions in the game play distinctly different. And you don't have that in Hearthstone. Yes, you can play a warrior, and some of your cards are thematically different, and you got that plus two armor buff, but that it feels like nothing compared to the the, the differentiation in Shadowverse. I'm not saying Shadowverse is a better game than Hearthstone. I have easily 250 plus hours, more lots of hours in the Hearthstone, way more than Fairy at the moment. But obviously Hearthstone is not 2016. But I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with Shadowverse, and I'm still playing it almost every single day. But there it is. All right, Matt, why don't you take take it away for best graphics in an MMO. In an MMO. I almost said NNO. <laughs> All right, so we gave best graphics in an MMO to Gigantic. And I, I think this is significant because Gigantic is the first time in a while that I've sat back and I've gone, okay, this, this isn't like pushing the limits of my hardware mm -hmm. or anything like that, but... This looks better than most of the games that are coming out right now. And it, it does that because it's just perfectly captured, that animated style. And, I mean, I, I challenge you guys to find me a better-looking game that came out this year, honestly. And it's not just that I've been playing it a lot. I mean, the game just, it's simply gorgeous. I mean, you know what it is? It's, there's something endlessly charming about cell shading, and it's why uh, games like Wind Waker still hold up. It's just... It stinks of charm, and I love it. I, I mean, say what you will about the gameplay, but I, I agree that Gigantic is one of the most um, pretty-looking games uh, out there right now. And Gorgeous. I mean, people, people point it out a lot when I'm playing it, but the, the puffs of dust that kick up when you run, they're, they are the most perfect 
puffs of <laughs> dust in that style that I've ever seen in any game like this. It's usually some crappy, like, 2D image that really, like, breaks immersion for a second. But in Gigantic, they managed to get it just right. And it's all of the details are right. I th- and I think we me. talked a lot about, like, character charm and stuff. And I think those are the weaker points of Paragon. Playing Gigantic, you know, you look at every character in the game, they all have their own unique charm to them. They're all very distinct. You know, I was playing the character with the big sleeves and the giant sword, the little girl. And you play with the guy with the potions. Like, every character is like, wow, they have a personality behind them. And that's something that's, I think, very important in games. You know, characters have to be memorable. And beyond just the graphics, it looks, you know, on top of the great graphics, it looks gorgeous with that. I mean, I have to agree. It, while it's not, like, uh, technically, the you know, mm-hmm. the, the most impressive game, uh, the charm, the graphic style... And this is kind of what I mean when I talk about you know two D games uh, and our minds not being ready. The realistic games, you know, when a game is going for realism, it either becomes you know jagged because the technology is not there yet, or it's forgettable, which I think Paragon kind of falls into. Like the mm-hmm. visuals, the characters are so forgettable because they're trying to go for that realistic look, and it, you know it's a video game. It's not it's not real life. So just you know make it nice and bright and happy and charming, and it'll it'll last much longer and it'll look a lot. It actually looked more realistic and higher quality than it actually is, if it is, you know, cartoony, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's going to disagree that Gigantic is the, graphically the most visually pleasing MO of the year. It's, well, we'll have to wait for YouTube for that one. Yeah, we'll get some comments <laughs> over there saying, no, this game is better. Paragon's actually the pinnacle of beauty. No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's my, my Again, opinion. We're not talking about <laughs> pixels. We're not talking about, you know, polygon count here. We're just talking right, about right. The, the aesthetics. That's a fun category. What game had the highest polygon count? But it's to be like a picture of like a, a vase, and it's like it's got a billion polygons. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because, yeah. Well, let's move on now to what the most innovative MMO of 2016 was. I don't think anyone remembers this one, um, but that doesn't make that doesn't um, lessen the reward the award. Is that what you say? Yeah. And and that would be Atlas Reactor, a game I actually haven't played. So why don't you three take this away? Really? You haven't played it? Yeah, no, I missed out on that Sunday fun day. Uh, I sat out, so I did not. It's I did not. Basically, install. a free to play XCOM slash uh, MOBA uh, slash maybe a uh, Team it's, Arena Brawler mix. That's really what it is. I'd say it's a turn based. Uh, it's a tragic turn based game, I guess. It's like turn based tab. Turn based tab. All right, we'll there leave it at that. It's a turn based tab. It launched as a as a buy to play game, and then it kind of got that free trial. I, I, it launched. I think it was supposed to be free to play. Then they went buy to play, and then they went back to a you know buy to play, but with an infinite free trial. They had an identity they, crisis. They they did have an identity crisis, but that doesn't take away from uh, the uniqueness of the game. We've seen. I mean, when we talk free to play MMOs, typically the games we cover, basically we're talking about lots of free to play shooters and just these online shooters. We're talking a lot of you know card games, and we're talking a lot of MOBAs. So I think Atlas. It's fair to say that Atlas Reactor is one of the few games you know like it. I mean, the only other game that's kind of like it, I think, was XCOM, but that's not really an MO. So it, by virtue of that, it gets it gets the award of being the most unique. Definitely, the most unique. Believe, they took a risk because it's so left field, and that's mm-hmm. I guess why it only has a couple hundred players still through Steam. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it, no one knew where to categorize it. Mm-hmm. One of the beauties of this game is. Uh, it's the holidays now, right? Like, you know, kind of, you know people are going to go visit their family. And I remember when Omar and I used to live back in the family home, around this time of year, we usually had relatives over, cousins around our age, that were perhaps not the most hardcore gamers like us, right? 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we couldn't tell them, hey, you know, go grind Molten Core with me in, in WoW. We had to find something to do with them. And often, uh, we would turn to, you know, slower-paced, turn-based kind of games. Like, for example, Gunbound was a good was a good game in the family time because anybody can kind of, you know, aim the gun up and down and shoot, you know? So I think Atlas Reactor kind of fits that genre where it's one of those games that has a lot of depth. Don't get me wrong. It's, you know, it's intricate. But it's one of those games, since it's not based on Twitch gameplay you know, reflexes, anybody can sit down. They can take 30 seconds, one minute to make their turn and then wait. So it's one of those games that both works on a casual level and a more hardcore in-depth level. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> Thumbs up. Even though I didn't play it. <laughs> the only problem with this game is they decided to do a buy to play with a very, very uh, weak free-to-play mode, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in order to play ranked, you have to spend money. Uh, you can only play normal queues and uh, certain free heroes uh, during the infinite free trial. But it's if you enjoy the game, it's 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 worth the it's worth the price in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of fun with it in beta. I'll pl- I'll play the free to play version again, even though I can't play ranked, which kind of sucks. But maybe I'll maybe I'll end up buying it. All right. So now we got two uh, more fun categories, real quick. But I guess first I should get the serious one out of the way, so we can get <laughs> the more fun ones. All right. So our last serious one is uh, indie of the year, which we gave to Naval Action. I think I might be the only one who's played Naval Action, right? Probably, yes. yes. Alright, so Naval Action is this uh, super, super detailed uh, naval MMO that has kind of instance battles, and they ha- they're instance because it takes fucking forever for the battles to happen, so I mean, if you're fighting PvE out in the middle of nowhere and you have people coming up from all sides, and you're getting in their way and you're, you're shooting them, and you know it, it would just be a disaster if it weren't instance. But basically, it, it looks like it's going to eventually turn into um, an Age of Sail version of Eve. That's, that's what the description makes. It's not quite there yet. It's got a lot of development of it, ahead of it. But, I mean, graphically, the game is gorgeous. That's what originally got it attention, is that the, the models for the ships are just phenomenal. And they're very well, like, historically researched. So they're all very accurate to the time period. And um, I just, I, I don't think another game has immediately stunned me between the depth and realism as um, naval action has. I mean, I got to say, I'm playing the uh, a gameplay trailer here in the, uh, you play footage in the background here. And from the graphics, it looks gorgeous. It doesn't look indie at all. It looks like a top-notch production here. So I, I am surprised, actually. Well, This looks the, like an Airhan game. Wow. Well, it looks beautiful. Like this is an indie game. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, it's made by some of the guys that worked on Darth Mod, some people from Wargaming, and other people. Yeah. This is like a classic uh, World of Warships style you know, gameplay. I've always, I've always wanted a good, uh, I guess, nautical MMORPG, and I've always, I've tried games like Uncharted Waters. Void that game Central. is unapproachable. Uncharted <laughs> Waters is unapproachable. You know, okay? You've is... had to have loved playing that game growing up. Otherwise, you just can't get into it. Agreed. It's too dated. You know, yes. It's too clunky. <laughs> it's not fluid. Even Pirates of the Burning Sea was an old, you know, SOE game. <laughs> it just didn't make it. It Something was off about it. Uh, hopefully... I loved Pirates of the Burning Sea. Really? All right. Yeah, I loved that game. I don't know. It didn't click for me. But it, I tried it just because I, I, I really want, like, a, a nautical game that clicks with me. But I have yet to... 
I've even tried Street Fight, that stupid browser game, because I wanted that uh, game. That's uh, not even a game. Come on, get that out of here. Don't even mention Street <laughs> Fight. That's my a, point is, I nonsensical browser game. I think I've tried every possible, like no, except for this one. I haven't tried this yet. And just watching this trailer, I want to try this. <laughs> it's probably the most historically accurate one you'll. Yeah, I'm looking. Is core gameplay like World of Warships? No. Okay. It, I mean, it it looks like it, but yes, it, that's why I said it. it it's very different. It's very very different. Alright. Interesting. Yep, sounds good. Looks good. What's our last uh, category? Our last fun one. Our last two categories. Okay. We have Best Clone, which is Legend <laughs> of Titan. Because it didn't come out, but I mean we have we've never seen something cloned so accurately on a different platform before. Yeah, so this was sure. supposed to be a mobile clone of Overwatch, is that right? Yes. Correct. It looks amazing. You gotta respect the Chinese, like their audacity. Like, they have you no shame. Like, have you no shame? <laughs> At a certain point, like when you copy a game, like you want to change some names around, some of the sprites around. At least you can pretend like, oh, we didn't copy that game. We were inspired by the same art style, you know. But there is sometimes no shame when it comes to cloning games. And uh, Legend of Titan, just the video speaks for itself. I mean, it's like, uh, unbelievable. Rumor is they asked for, I think, somewhere to the tune of, like, $2.3 million at some event to make the game. And they didn't get the funding, and that's why it never got finished. <laughs> more, more impressively, they can make this, and they can make the game for, like, $2 bucks, all right? In the West, you know, when, when they crowdfund... You cut out, ideas, that's you cut it, out you know? there, bro. Broski, you cut out for a second, but... yeah. Uh, in the West, when you, when, you, when you crowdfund, like, $2 million, you end up with nothing, you know? <laughs> so the fact that they, they, they said they can make the game on $2 million is still kind of impressive. That's and true. it's mobile. Somebody said Chinese Overwatch where Tracer is not a lesbian sold. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. She might be over there too. Who knows? And our last category. I think this is my favorite one. This is the most disappointing MMO of the year. And I'm just going to go ahead and speak for all of us when I say Tree of Savior. Oh, Tree of, Tree of Savior was supposed <sighs> to be the chosen one for all of us ex-Ragnarok online devotees. Uh, it ended up being nothing like it, and it ended up being a, a major disappointment in pretty much every way possible, from optimization issues to just uh, core progression uh, to the way you had to manipulate your experience cards to maximize them. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was just a total embarrassing kind of flop. It did attract quite a, a large number of players, but that doesn't stop it from being the most disappointing in our hearts. And those players dropped off. If you look at the Steam charts and stuff, oh yeah, yeah, they honestly for me the biggest disappointment, at least with um, with Ragnarok Online two. As soon as I saw it, the three D graphics, I knew you know being the two D lover, you know three D can't work. Won't can't, it's not gonna do well, and it did. Not for Ragnarok. All right, and when I saw Tree of Savior, you know the early stuff, I'm like, this looks like Ragnarok. You know we got it, baby. But the point was, Ragnarok Online was open world kind of. It was open. Uh, progression. You kind of everyone found their own way, right? Yes. Whereas in this game, it railroads you to an unbelievable yep. extent. The, hallways, hallways. You have hallways. little thin hallways and a pocket of monsters, and then another little hallway and another pocket of monsters. It, it was mind-bogglingly, uh, I don't know, insane. How repetitive and boring. Yeah. It's also, I think, one of the few games that would benefit a lot from just waiting. I mean, it launched with tons of bugs, server issues. And balance issues, and they this they should have waited till they were finished. You know, usually people say put it out, put it out, but 
sometimes when you just put out what you have, it, it flops. I mean, the game launched with 50,000 players on Steam, and now we're at 4,000 in, in like less than a year. You know what's uh, kind of pathetic? Hmm. I, I, even though Trio Savior PC was a disappointment, I still have a small sliver of hope for Tree of Savior Mobile. That's how badly I want yes. something like it to be successful. I'm really hoping it also ha doesn't have that experience. <laughs> yeah. Matt, you mean it's not fun to hoard those XP cards and use them when <laughs> only when you're like level like 100? Like, what a stupid system. Like, where you had to like save them for the perfect time. <laughs> so well, that was, uh, well, let's explain. It's not only... You were grinding, right? And yes. I don't really have an issue with grinding as long as, you know, it's, the abilities are fun. It's kind of visceral. But mm -hmm. when the grind goes, when, when you're supposed to jump from like level 40 to 45 and then you have five levels where you're kind of lost and you're supposed to use XP cards, that's that's an inherent flaw to your progression. Design, design. yeah. So that was awful. <laughs> and the game's job system, like, it, I thought it was just not fun. Like, they advertise, like, we're going to have 100 jobs. I'm like, holy crap, that sounds great, right? And naive old me didn't even really think about it. Like, 100 jobs, is that even possible? But then they have this bullshit system where, like, your jobs are just you put another point into your, like, Spearman job, you know, and a third yeah, point. There's like, there's like job. three jobs, right? Per it, and you can so easily screw up your character by not putting your job points in the right places because, like, oh, tier one Spearman's garbage. Tier two is garbage. You're not supposed to put any more points into it. And you get to this one instead. So there was ways to screw up your character, and it was not like the traditional job system we were used to in Ragnarok, which, I don't know, there was so many little design issues that just ruined the game. <laughs> And Ugh, I mean, so much hype. Personally, for me, it's something that killed my immersion pretty early. When you have a 3D character that's animated in frames like a 2D character, it kills me. Oh, it come really on. Kills it, me. it can look okay. I, I thought the art was, you know, fine. Yes, art, art was no, good. The art opinion. is fine, but in motion. Oh. It does it for I, me. I, I, I thought it was charming. I don't really remember, but I don't remember it being a big deal. That's all right. I just I felt a disconnect. Mm -hmm. That's all. Well, that wraps it up for our um, awards list here, our, our, the MMOs.com Games of the Year, the Coffee Cup Trophies. I have a, I have a fun little bonus feature for everyone here. Really? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, what was everyone's favorite and least favorite Sunday Fun Day game we did this year? Good question. Oh, God. I should have, you should have prepped us with that one. Obviously, no, 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 no. I can't, we can't Hero Online prep. takes number one, boys. Hero Online takes number one, all right? Hero Online. Okay. Oh, was no. Energy Heroes this year? Yes. No, that hold was on. My le <laughs> that was this year. That was my least favorite because it didn't even work. Okay. Is that the one that broke my computer? I, I think the, it was. Was that the French one? And I had, a, I had issues? Yeah. We had a lot of Sunday funnies. There were a lot of, there's a lot of Sundays in one year. Um, <laughs> I think the yeah. most fun I had might have been blessed because it was just it was so refreshing from what we were used to playing and uh, we were all on point and also my memory is pretty bad so the least favorite I could name so many pretty much any game Omer recommends is my least favorite. What? Yo, <laughs> I gave the best recommendations. We got, oh. we got Hero Online, Top Keck. We got War Mode, which was last year though, August of last year. I'm actually, oh my right god, okay, great okay, games, so, great games. So Sean says that, but um, every single time that we're in a meeting and Omer says. This would be hilarious. Let's do it. Or something like that. Like anything to that effect. I immediately audibly groan so they can all hear me. It'll be fun, Matt. Real talk. I had fun in here online, but I'm never going to play it again, right? It was yeah, shit. no, that one wasn't but, so bad. Like just play through the shit and like reliving like the old nostalgia of like what games used to be mm -hmm. was a fun experience. And I think 
I intro. Obviously, it wouldn't be fun if I did it solo. You know, with you guys, you know, with my boys in there, it was a lot of fun. I'll tell you what the least fun was, and it might not even be the real least fun. Beer Zerkers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I agree. Oh, That's my worst. That's my worst. I give that one the worst. There, there was just something fundamentally wrong with that game in that nothing felt right. Yeah, like, that's not fair. even yeah. right. Pretty weird. And I mean, okay. Then the graphics felt like this, like claymation that they hadn't used the right colors or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to describe it. It was dingy. That's it. Dingy's good. It's a good way to describe it. You know, I'm going to use the market-based approach of deciding what the best Sunday fun day was. All right, the one with the most views. That is the only fair way oh and objective God. way. Isn't that a plus? <laughs> Let's take a look. Actually, it, well, I mean, plus before, is too new. I think. Before we do that, I'll, let me give you my favorite one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wildstar. I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember grinding to the first dungeon, right? Because that was a rule. Mm-hmm. We had to all grind to the first dungeon. I was like on autopilot mode, right? I'm like, eh, this game's not bad, but it's not. It's just you know, I'm killing wolves. I'm killing bunnies. You know, like whatever. You know. But when we hit that dungeon, uh, and I had to use my brain, because, like, we all th- went into the first boss thinking, whatever, we're going to smack it, you know, tank and spank. Speed. Yeah, whatever, like, no heal, no nothing. I, I I was a healer, right? I didn't have a single heal spell equipped. Okay, <laughs> That's how confident I was in, like, the nonsense that was approaching me. But we got mm-hmm. we got spanked, and we had to actually think for a minute. So that was fun. That's Gosh, true. We got to think, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that was fun. Mm-hmm. I agree. That was fun, too. Okay, the one with the most views, guys, was Riders of Icarus, all right? Oh, that was, really? That was really? objectively the best one because it had 46,000 views, all right? I got to say, I had, fun. I had fun with Riders of Icarus. I didn't. You didn't, okay. <laughs> so I guess I was actually, I was insanely bored. Uh, but I think I was the only one who, for, for some reason, I have a gripe against Riders of Icarus, and it's, uh, I don't know what it is. Sorry. Sometimes you just go in and you're just like, I'm gonna hate this no matter what. <laughs> well, do you guys remember even doing a Sunday Funday video for Five Street? No. Yeah, uh, isn't that well, number I wasn't one? There for that. Was I there? Okay, that was the, I don't remember. That was the very first one, wasn't it? Gumby, no, no. Well, that was number four. Gumby, you remember what? What did we? I don't even remember playing with you guys. I thought I played it alone. I remember playing because I was confused. <laughs> it was an experience. If I had never played it before. Yeah, that's that's an oldie. <laughs> Right, that was a good question. I think we need to uh, we, we need to talk about some news. We had a lot of news this week, a lot of things to cover. And I think the most important thing to do right now uh, to continue our lightheartedness is to make fun of Star Citizen's holiday stream. <laughs> I can, I I can always get behind making fun of Star Citizen, all right? It turns out $100 million doesn't buy you perfect Twitch quality. <laughs> oh, come on. It, come it on. wasn't the quality, though. It was cringy. Well, the overall with. quality. The whole thing was cringy. So I guess <laughs> for some background, if, for, if you don't know, uh, basically Star Citizen... Uh, to usher in their latest patch, which I believe is Alpha 2.6, they hosted a holiday stream that was choreographed. There was production value. Um, and I think this happened on Friday. Uh, the stream ended up being a total disaster. There were audio issues. There were cringy, awkward silences, um, really weird uh, cuts between one scene and another. Very, very odd. An overall disaster. That doesn't mean there was no information. In the stream, but you just—it's totally obscured by the embarrassing display that Robert Space Industries put on. I think we have video, uh, correct? Oh, we do. I am it's playing right there. the gameplay. Yeah. So besides the technical issues, which you know what, you know things happen, especially in things a live event. Yeah. Yes. But what I found more more egregious, I, I I guess I could say, is the actual gameplay of what we have so far. 
and I'm, I'm showing you, you the same thing we've already seen <laughs> right i'm showing you guys right now some of this cockpit shooting aspect which is presumably the main aspect and what you're seeing right now is not the actual like open world open you know galaxy. it's just a universe what you're seeing is like a 10v10 or 5v5 uh lobby based shooter and i remember back in 2004 unreal uh tournament had a mode not that you know unsimilar to this obviously the graphics weren't as good but it was basically this you up down left right you shoot people with a little gun in a spaceship you know this isn't anything uh it's blowing my mind especially you know not not to the level that uh was built up and hyped up over the years for this game i mean if this isn't blowing your mind why don't you show their fps module star marine oh <laughs> that's an even bigger cringe so besides the spaceship game which we were supposed to get you know for those of us who paid and for you know all the hype we've been hearing uh we also get this nondescript cry engine shooting get mode which i i mean who wanted this who asked for this i don't understand not the backers <laughs> it was supposed to be some kind of mini game within the actual you know persistent universe game but it just what is this you know like i, I want like what when I, when I was hype about star citizen what, what sold the whole thing to me was the interconnectedness of everything and the, the gigantic universe but the keyword was the persistent universe that was the selling point for me and i think i speak for a lot of people when i say that was like the really cool idea that people wanted to get behind but obviously the scope of the game has long since escaped just that and they've just tacked on more and more features like the whole squadron 42 thing it just seemed kind of silly to me well, why are they not up actually actors? Yeah, Squadron 42 um, was supposed to make a debut, or at least there was an expectation that it, there was, something would be shown off from Squadron 42 at CitizenCon, which we covered, I think, about a month ago. Mm -hmm. Now, in the stream, they, they didn't show it again. So a lot of people are a little upset that, they have, that they've been working on this Squadron 42. They've got guys like Mark Hamill and Gary Oldman uh, slated in it, and they haven't shown anything. Uh, they, they has actually, I remember someone retorted and they, they put a, they showed a 40 second clip that they used to highlight some aspect of squadron 42, but it was nothing. It was just storyboard. So it's, it's, I don't know what's going on there. There's a lot of money has been spent on it, on this single player campaign and they've got nothing to show. Now the, what the stuff we're showing here in the stream was very long is stuff we've already seen. We've seen this FPS module before we've seen the, the deathmatch gameplay in space. So. There wasn't a whole lot of new to be shown off. Um, but if you do have access to the game now, you can play Star Marine, which is the FPS module on the public test server. So I guess something did happen with who, the Alpha 2.6. Who, 2. who was excited about some FPS module in Star Citizen? Like Star Citizen was not supposed to be just another, you know, Call of Duty oh, but it is. game. It's interconnected. Well, it's not yet. That's, the, that's what people want to yeah, see. I know, exactly. Yeah, that's what people want to see, I think. And we haven't had it yet. But that's, what, that's a really cool story behind Star Citizen. And people are saying, you know, like, keep in mind, the game is built on CryEngine. They do say it's a heavily modified version of CryEngine. Yes. But it's worth mentioning, remember, start, the development for this game started years ago. So it's funny, the whole game is built on CryEngine 3. They're up to CryEngine 5 now. So <laughs> the technology behind Star Citizen is already outdated. They say, you know, they're going to oh, end up upgrading the engine. They say it's their own, like, uh, Star Engine now because they modified CryEngine. But they, they based it off of CryEngine 3, which has some limitations on the back end, too. But because the development cycle is, you know, gone well above what they expected or what they stated in their original Kickstarter. So it's absolutely nuts. So basically what we're getting at is Derek Smart had a field day on this past oh weekend. Oh my god, yes he did. 
Look, if only if only it wasn't if Omer, if only Omer wasn't blocked by him on Twitter, he could he could reap the benefits. I said some mean things about Derek Smart, and he blocked me on Twitter. Unfortunately, That's right, Derek, we're we're on the same team in, in some extent. For those of you who don't know, if you if you also want to jump on the Star Citizen hate train, just Google Derek Smart. Uh, this guy has dedicated the past year to just trashing on Star Citizen, and there's some funny tidbits in there, so it is worth checking out if you want to. It's a cathartic. Indulge like, in the drama. Well, yes. What's that? What's that? What's that German <laughs> word? Uh, Schengen fraud. I'm sure. Schadenfreude. Yes. If you, uh, if you reveling in the misery of others. Yeah. There you there go. There you go. But I mean, look, some of the stuff Derek Smart I think has said about the game is I think going to pan out to be true. It's worth mentioning. You know, they could always push the development cycle back and back, right? But there's only so much money they have to work with. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about the numbers, yes, they raised 138 million, but how much of that money is still left? Like, obviously, only they know that answer, but. As of, I think, on their most recent page, they explained they have about 300, uh, like, 10 employees working for them. And if those guys, on average, get paid 60 grand a year, which is probably on the, on the uh, lighter end for engineers and programmers, right? But if they get paid 60 grand a year, that's going to cost the company about $19 million a year, just on salaries alone, before you start talking about, you know, paying for the, the software they're using, the, offices, the licenses they're using, offices, the offices. Offices are tons of money. Yeah, they have offices in three different countries well, we don't have the world. And... <laughs> They're burning through $20 million, $19 million on salary expenses a year, assuming everything else is free. Look, they've been developing for over four years now. They've already had, there's just, who knows, you know, unless they can keep raising money, I think they will run into issues. Well, but yeah, that's I hope, I hope it now. releases, you know, well, I guess we'll leave it at that. The stream is pretty funny to watch if you want to just uh, bounce through it. I recommend doing so. I don't know if you guys mentioned it, but what you guys are watching now is the stream on Twitch. This was uploaded by them to YouTube, and then later it was removed because they were getting so much oh, yes. negative feedback and negative comments about this mm-hmm. video. And if and on Twitch, the fun thing about Twitch actually is you can actually see the comments on the right as they were happening in that segment of the video. And obviously, you guys probably can't see it from this stream because it's too small. But if you do go back and watch this video, there are a lot of comments that are people are very disappointed in the, the development, the progress, and what's being shown. So it is, it is worth looking at. There's one thing that nags me the most about Star Citizen right now, and that's how much of a spectacle the development process has become. It seems at this point, between all their live streams, between all their you know weekly shows they do, that Star Citizen is just like a TV show. There's no actual game. The whole thing just seems like a story at this point, where all the backers are just following this drama cycle of when they started making the game. And I actually looked at their YouTube page, they basically do uh, they do a monthly haul, which is about an hour long every month. They do two 30-minute weekly shows called Around Diverse and Reverse Diverse. They have a regular Bug Smasher series where they show off a developer fixing bugs, uh, usually 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes. They show their trailers, and they show all the stars, the, their CitizenCon like, preparation videos and interviews. And there's been four CitizenCons already. Four conventions for a game that didn't even launch yet. So it's, it's insane that... I feel like the development process is more of a spectacle. At this point, just make the goddamn game, all right? Enough with the spectacles. Enough with the pushing out YouTube videos, showing every little thing you want to show and talking about design. Make the game already. That's what people want, in my opinion. Here, here. I think... Go ahead. Yeah, here, here. Completely agree. And I think we need to move on now to some very dire news. I think Uh we need to do a little 180 here, a little bit of 180. Talk about Turbine. Turbine. Uh, tur- from, what's turbine. Come, from what's to come to what has gone. 
<laughs> so if you haven't heard, Turbine has handed off Lord of the Rings Online and Dungeons and Dragons Online to an indie studio, which will then be published by Daybreak. So Turbine is Oh yeah, push the talk. Uh, Turbine is is getting rid of their their products, and that's not all. The news doesn't end there. Turbine also announced that Asheron's call is done. So they are they have no plans to uh, to do anything with it. It's gone. Once the, the servers will be taken offline, and I believe the end of at the end of January, and that's it. Uh, there were talks of releasing, I guess, uh, a framework or a code for private servers so that players could continue running their own Asheron server. Uh, and that's not happening. That promise was a total a juke. Like they, <laughs> the rug got pulled out from under them, and so it's a very big disappointment. And I'm very sorry for all the Asheron's call players because they they kind they they pretty much got screwed over in this deal. Yeah, this is a story I've been following for over a year now. Uh, the the uh, the expected demise of Turbine is something I was really interested in because to me it felt so uh, inevitable based on the direction uh, they were going, based on the posts on their homepage. They were trying to chase that mobile, you know, gold pot, I guess, at the end of the rainbow. They completely lost sight of, you know, where they came from, which is MMORPGs. Uh, so they not only are they, you know, losing uh, the two, you know, licensed games, but the fact that the one game they control, actually, right, the one game they actually control, which is Asheron's Call, they own that, okay? That's not third party. Um, they, and they made so many promises to the community that they would let that keep running because it costs like nothing to keep it running. Uh, now that the fact that they're just getting rid of it and shutting it down, and, and with no real explanation either, you know, that's, that's the oh, worst part. You know why they're shutting it down? Uh, the community is speculating. Do you know why? No. I don't know the speculation. I can give you my speculation after, I guess. Uh, okay, so the speculation is that um, Asheron's Call actually shares servers with Lord of the Rings Online right now. Like, it shares server hardware. So... When Standing Stone, that's the name, Standing Stone took over Lord of the Rings Online and the team for Lord of the Rings Online moved over to Standing Stone, um, they're thinking that they didn't want to pay to move Asheron's call to other hardware because it was too expensive or something. And at the same time, Standing Stone isn't taking over. Okay, that's that's part of it but here's my speculation and i think i think this holds more water if turbine was still an independent studio one guy working there would take the 30 minutes to manually move it over right or the hour the day whatever it is yeah but the fact that they're owned by a giant conglomerate warner brothers <laughs> somebody a corporate went down the line and said oh you want to make our software free and just give it away to the users no why no because it could only hurt us what if somebody changes and there's a nude mod on a free server and somehow some mom complains and it goes back to us and sues us. So the corporate attitude was we have nothing to gain by giving this to the community like they, like they originally promised. We have zero to gain and 0. .0001 to lose potentially. Therefore, no. No thoughts. That's it. We're done. That's that doesn't explain why it got shut down now. Uh, sure it does. There's no, what, what is the point of keeping it up? It can only hurt them. They can only, imagine someone gets bullied in Asher's call and then someone's mom sues Warner Brothers. It's not worth it for the, from the corporate point of view, I guess, is what he's trying it's to say. But someone can get bullied in Lord of the Rings Online and get sick. But, well, but they're making money on Lord of the Rings Online. Also, they're getting rid of that too now. <laughs> but, but also, they, they, were, they were at least making, yeah, I guess, they're a, making money a, on a decent chunk of money. It and was a business. Can, you know? And more, more importantly, they control it. They wouldn't control the private server for Ashram's Call if they give it away. And again, some context behind the private server discussion. Uh, developers of the game have, have long promised and have actually 
already failed to meet their own. Like, it's been years since they promised that they would hand off uh, some private server software for the game to their community. This was a promise made by the developers. And instead of getting that, people are being told now, like five days before Christmas, the game that you love, the game that you grew up on, the game that's a piece of MMORPG history at this point because it's so old and it's been running so long, is just going to shut down. And no, too bad. That's all you get. <laughs> like, to be promised something and like just having it yanked away from you and the game shutting down is awful. They should not have made that promise if they did not intend on delivering it. And it's been over a year since they made that promise too. So that is that is horrible. And the, the player base is, I think, rightfully upset. You know what's crazy and about what's... this? Uh, hmm. Okay, so this was, game came out literally like a month or two after EverQuest 1. So it's it's one of it's it's the second oldest by a month a uh, mm. 3D MMORPG out there. Third. Ima- third, whatever. Im- imagine you heard mm. EverQuest uh, saying, "You know what? We're shutting down. You guys, by the way, you get like 40 days. That's it." Because this Asher's call was shut down on January 31st, right? Mm-hmm. That's literally like what 40 days, right? That's and this came out of the blue for most people. Nobody expected this. So it's yeah. it's an insane decision, and the only thing I can think of is it was a it was a larger corporate uh, edict. Because I do think the people at Turbine, uh, who who worked on Ashram's call, had had good intentions. It wasn't their call to make though. And I mean, what what I was trying to say is, um, I haven't found the post myself, but apparently they were actually told at one point that the private server software was almost done. That and is such that, a tease on top of like their oh my god that is absurd they are literally the Grinch this year. <laughs> I don't remember how long or ago Scrooge. it was. Yeah, the Scrooge. That, uh, they said it was, but at one point it was apparently almost done, and they just had a few more things to finalize, like documentation or something. Can oh I... hey, this is a precedent, right? Hmm. Because all they have to do to get the Nostalrius. Uh, private server out there is create documentation oh it's out there documentation. Right? Don't worry. <laughs> you, you can play in a Star Wars private server today just just have fun waiting in line so no i mean the server software oh yeah yeah can i can i take a minute to shit on a turbine or is that is that no no have at it they deserve it they're the grinch this year yeah, you like... aaron you wrote an article about turbine last year so you deserve to shit on them shit on them all you like have okay. at it so here's the thing with turbine here's the thing with turbine so they just, they were like I said they're one of the oldest MMORPG studios right but this, the the direction they went with mobile is so cringeworthy and it's so insane <laughs> that this like working at a big conglomerate guys is golden you basically don't have to do any work and you get a huge salary okay Turbine the only game that they currently still have running is this god awful piece of junk mobile game called Gotham Batman Ekrem Underworld or something it's a garbage uh, mobile game I'll show you guys a video of it. And you have turbine offices in, in Boston region, okay? It's a very expensive part of America. And they have this... Part of America. <laughs> okay, so these guys are making... Pro- I, I want to say they're making probably about 60 grand a year minimum, right? And, and you no, 100 probably, grand. 100 grand, 100 grand whatever it is. And you probably got dozens, uh, 50, 100 even people working at turbine. And this is what they produce. I'm showing the video on uh, YouTube right now. You know, these people are... They're basically like... if You know if your granny dies and he's collecting Social Security and you don't report that they died, so you keep getting the Social Security check? That's basically what Turbine's doing. Turbine now makes no money. They have no product. Everyone who goes, to, everyone who works at Turbine just goes to their office. They do no work. They play solitaire, okay? And they get a full salary. If this is the best they can do, you know, with all the people and all the resources they have at Warner Brothers now, it's embarrassing. Like, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty, I'm angry. It looks pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm trying to find out if, this, if anybody plays this game or not. Let's find out. Nobody plays. How many people work Nobody, there too? Look at this graphics. Nobody plays this game. Look, search how many people work at Turbine. They're all just stealing a paycheck, as far as I'm concerned. All right, all right, all right. For, let's see. In in their defense, they they got ten million dollars on this game. All right. Look at this. <laughs> it's not game. bad. It's not bad. They got ten million dollars on here. All right. So I think <laughs> the 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 Batman name is kind of carrying it too. So because they have Warner Brothers behind it, they probably threw a lot of money to advertising. Though I can't imagine the game being profitable. But but you know, I don't know. I'm angry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I, I mean, I, I understand the frustration. <laughs> I mean, but watching watching the studio, one of the, I I think it was, his his yeah, the true. first MRPG only studio, right? Because I mean, you know, Origin did single player RPGs, right? Ultima Online. Yeah. Um, there was EverQuest, which was Variant, which I think this was their first EverQuest was their first game, but this was second. This was the first MRPG like dedicated studio, and to see them go from that to this to this mobile, you know, stuff. I don't know. It's, it, <laughs> uh, to be fair, I mean, they might be better characters. At least the teams that care about them are full control of the games now. That's a fair point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both For Lord the of the Rings video. Online and DDO, Dungeons and Dragons yeah. Online, they're both going to continue development. They're going to both be continued to be hosted and playable for the foreseeable future. By the same teams. Yes. By the exact same team. Yes. Whew. Okay. All right, I think on uh, we got we got transition to something a little bit more lighthearted, and it's the bit of news we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I think two podcasts ago, the Riot Games and MLB deal, and that was a rumor when we last talked about it, and now it's officially been uh, finalized. We've talked about it before it was a two hundred million dollar contract, and now we know that it's a contract that runs from twenty eighteen till twenty twenty three, and it guarantees Riot Games at least fifty million dollars a year from the major from MLB Major League Baseball. And that's for the streaming rights to the LCS. So that's, I think that equates to a minimum $300 million deal. And they said hopefully a lot more because that's the absolute minimum they'll make from it. Yeah, a, yeah. a lot of people are kind of confused by the numbers because originally the rumor was $100 million a year. Uh, and now it's only 50 right? So that's a smaller number. It must be worse. But the way this works is based on the performance and how much money MLB makes, they got to give more to Riot. So mm-hmm. the fifty million is a minimum if like nothing happens, like if if, they, if nobody watches uh, League of Legends anymore, like if nobody plays League of Legends, the MLB still has to pay fifty million, right? But if mm-hmm. the, the, if it performs better than that, they got to pay more. So I do think it's going to be over a hundred million a year. Actually, that's my, that's my guess, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll see where that goes. We speculated too that you would end up having to watch. Uh, League of Legends games through MLB.com or some bullshit like that, and we can happily report that that's not happening. You'll be watching uh, League tournaments as you always have Twitch anywhere else. Nothing's going to change with how you interact with uh, League of Legends esports tournaments. Yeah, that's a big one, uh, and that was my guess because a lot of these premium uh, content owners they don't allow you know outside sources. You know, so the fact that you can still watch on Twitch, you can still watch on YouTube, you can still watch wherever you're watching is is big. And not only that, but they actually specified that players or third parties could take clips of tournaments and put them online on YouTube. So basically nothing will change. And they even said on their tournaments, they won't be like gating away the high quality content. So it's not like you can pay for like 720p and everybody else gets shit quality. No, they said, I, I believe they specifically said that the HD content is available for everyone. So it just seems like they're being very generous with the terms. You know what that means, where, right? Hmm. MLB is just, they're so secure in their marketing relationships that they're going to just, they're going to, they're going to turn League of Legends. Knock it out of the park? Is that what you say? They're going to knock it out of the park, MLB? Ah! (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> they did say that they will, you know, open up. There's still a possibility of charging for premium content. Now, what that means, like, okay. like Gumbo was saying, is they won't charge for HD, like, like 720, con you know, <laughs> quality. But they might charge for behind the scenes or or some kind of yet to be determined content. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not they're they're still leaving the door open for additional you know, charged content. So we'll this see is one goes. of the few things, and we always talk about. You know, I think my brother was saying for a long time, "Oh, esports is kind of overhyped." I think this also kind of proves that you know, the market for viewable esports content is is big and getting bigger. Like this is this is a big deal. You know, how is like nobody can say that League of Legends is not a real sport anymore when literally the MLB is paying you know fifty million dollars a year minimum for over thirty million dollar contract for the streaming rights to their games. Like this is it, it's in the big leagues now, right? It's in the major leagues. Uh, maybe. Okay. But remember what you said. You just said esports, right? Yes. And now my argument all along was it's not esports. It's League of Legends. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. This is just one game that's about to make it big. It's it's one it's one girl uh, living in the farm town is going to Hollywood now, and that's League of Legends. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens. So like, yeah. here's the question, though. I mean, a lot of times the first to do anything in the ends up falling to the wayside and it's known as the first but it's like it falls to the wayside do you think that league is eventually going to fall to the wayside and be replaced by something else that takes over as the esports darling hmm i don't think the mlb is going to let that happen anytime soon I, I, 10 years is possible unless the nfl unless the nfl steps in <laughs> nfl will buy something else nfl has got to buy like a, a more a more uh fighting game where people get hit more you know well, remember, guys, we talked earlier this year about the there was, I believe, a big uh, basketball team that just I think they're buying a one of the esports teams like Dignitas, and there's there's another deal being that was done with uh, I believe Manchester City and a few other big soccer teams have their own esports uh, divisions now too. So you have you know big teams, and big franchises across you know multiple different sports, you know soccer and basketball taking esports seriously. So it's gonna get bigger and bigger, boys. This is not this is not just hype. This is real. I'm waiting for Red Bull to do something with Rocket League. There's a partnership I, I want to see happen. It, it makes sense to me. And I want to address one more thing. People always people still say like I see on Reddit once in a while, oh, League is dead, right? Because like I'm not playing League. I'm not playing WoW. So WoW must be dead. I'm not playing League. League must be dead. I mean, we we've seen already data. I mean, from weeks ago that League is making 150 million dollars a month. It's making more money now than it ever did before, okay? The player base in League, I expect, is still growing. I mean, just uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago, Riot Games pushed out an infographic showing they have over 60 million monthly active users. A few months ago in September, they pushed out uh, some data saying they have over 100 million monthly active players. The player base is still exploding in popularity. Just because, you know, I don't play League as much as I used to, but I recognize that the game is far from dead. You know, depending on how the MLB handles this too, you could see another population explosion. And I wouldn't yeah. be too surprised. I think the MLB will do a much better job of monetizing the current user base. Mm -hmm. And they will leave growing the user base to Riot. That's my prediction. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody made a jab in my comment that cancer does spread after all to my, to my comment that League <laughs> yeah. is getting bigger and bigger. Look, I enjoy League, but you know, I, I I respect Dota as well, and you know, I, I feel like I'm the most, I, I have a very like nonpartisan view of League versus Dota. Look, I love watching Dota 2 more than I enjoy watching League of Legends, hands down, straight across, you know, 100. 
but I enjoy playing League more. So I'm not a fanboy of any one game in particular. I know people are very loyal to their MOBAs, and like it's almost like the console wars with uh, with your MOBA fandom, which I think is insane. Just play the game; that's fun. You know, no need to hate the other one. But I feel like a lot of Dota players hate you know League of Legends for some reason. You know what's crazy to me, and this is kind of mm. more about real life people than games. People are so tribal. Like I know people oh, that yeah. play Dota, and like I'll mention League of Legends like in passing, and they'll be like, "Ew!" Like League of Legends. I'm like, "Oh, you played it? You don't like it?" No, I never played it. I'm like. What, what what why did you have to have like a this this instinctual reaction where you just seem like you hate it like why like where did that come from like help me understand does anybody feel that way in here i mean does anybody hate like a, i don't know it's just weird i agree oh, with you i mean i hate all everybody mobas equally everybody, everybody hates try everyone hates yeah people i i noticed that people maybe they don't hate uh specific games as much as they like to hate publishers and certain developers mainly publishers is what i see a lot of hate for but I, I do hate League, but I also hate Dota, so I'm an that's equal fair. That's I'm fair. Equal that's fair. You hate them all. Hate I the whole do, and, I, and I'm pretty consistent with that, I'd say. That's fine. That's respectable. Guys, will League of Legends be in the Yankee Stadium? What do you guys think? Will Worlds be at Yankee Stadium next year? I, I put that as the below one of the screenshots. I'm like, next yeah, I know. stop. <laughs> 20, guys, 2018. I, it's going to be at Yankee Stadium. I'm calling it. Right? You know what? Maybe not Yankee Stadium. I, I'm not sure if there's an enclosed baseball stadium, but it would be there if anything. In like an enclosed space, you know. Yeah. Right. You know what? That'd I think? be so cool. Do you know what I think esports will actually take off? Hmm. Uh, when when VR is better, because imagine watching an arena where you got guys in like these suits, and, like having like a ninja fight or something, you know? Like like they're actually like moving. <laughs> no. Because ah. then at least you're sweating. You know, it's actually a. Sport. Okay, so let me let me see if I understand what you're saying. You're saying never. Then, right so <laughs> that, okay. that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> based on our based on most recent on the most recent vr projections never uh, i don't know <laughs> that'd be fun so up, yeah so we brought up street fighter i know you were talking about that earlier if you want to rehash that uh Erhan. oh okay so street Fighter. okay this is i mean i think last week it was or maybe the week before that we talked a lot about hackers toxicity and games you know that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and it's a funny article i i ran across in ours technica here so street fighter uh, rage quitters to be publicly shamed with profile icon. So, for whatever reason, uh, Street Fighter V launched with no penalty for uh, disconnecting. So, if you're losing a fight, you know, you lost the first round really badly and you got no chance against that guy, what you do is you disconnect. That's it. Now, you don't, get a, you don't even get a loss. You just That's insane. There's no way. Yeah, you get you no loss, no penalty for leaving. No. Uh, In the, yeah, old school days. Yes, yeah, later they added a patch. Where if you leave like three times in two hours, then you can't play for an hour. You can't play for a day. Which, by the way, it still gives you like two leaves per hour or whatever, right? Like, yeah. It's still pretty generous. So anyway, what, what they did to kind of try to combat is if you're a chronic disconnector, your avatar picture automatically gets set to this like uh, a certain like a red face avatar. And you can't change it. So everyone who you play against and all your friends on your buddy list know you're, you're that guy. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Do you think it's an effective form of deterring, like, bad behavior? It's a first step. And, you know, Overwatch kind of did this too, right? Where if you say GG easy, it, 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 it changes it to, like, I have, you know, I have self-esteem. I'm insecure about my uh, self-esteem yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So I think this kind of stuff will become more common, more in rehashed, where if you're kind of raging, uh, if, you're, if you get flagged as, a, as, like, a flamer, all your text will automatically be translated to everyone else as something stupid like that. 
you know, public public shaming always works really well to control behavior. So that's essentially what this is. It's not a, it's not a private thing. Everyone knows you're an asshole, and I think that will stop some behaviors if that's what they want. I think that's really smart because I know you know if you follow uh, Riot Light, the behavior guy at League of Legends at Riot, he talks a lot about like changing player behavior. I'm surprised they never tried something like this, or they never. I don't think they talked about it. This public shaming is a really cool idea, and it's very like innocu- It's only for people that really you know deserve it and it's not even like that punishing you know because they can still play the game it's just that everybody knows that they're they're that they're they're the asshole so i kind of like the idea you're gonna end up being surrounded by assholes <laughs> ah, space balls oh yeah <laughs> but i mean the main my main take away from this story is i think the game designers and developers have to do a better job of developing their game or the 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 meta around the game to control you know, whether it's hacking, trolling, bullying, flaming, cheating, whatever it is, it's most the onus is on the developers. You can't blame the players because it doesn't get you anywhere. That's yeah. true. It, yeah, exactly. It's not productive. Exactly. All right. Speak, well, okay. Uh, there was a story I wanted to bring up. All right. It's actually my favorite story of the week, and I normally wow. don't have one of these. All right. Uh, it actually involves Bless. And most people refer to it as Bless Online. We're going to call it Bless because, as we've talked about about 50 podcasts ago, online's silly. Uh, let, me, let me just get this article up right here for just a second. But what happened was it all started with a 2P.com article, as far as I'm aware, which stated that Bless may no longer be published by Area Games. Now, we've talked about this on the podcast, if you've tuned in last week or two weeks ago, about uh, the bless.areagames.com domain, which is redirecting right now to a 503 service area. It just doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were wondering if Bless um, was even going to, you know, if Area even had any intentions of publishing Bless anymore since there's no website and we haven't really heard any communication. Uh, basically, then what happened was MMRPG.com started asking Aria and Neo is what's going on. And so they responded, in a sense. A Bless fan site, which is a subsidiary of 2P.com, uh, which may not be operated by the same people, but nonetheless, it has a 2P.com banner on top, uh, said, no, it's still coming out. But this wasn't from Area Games or a representative. This is just a fan site saying it. And then another website asked uh, Area Games, and they put out a little post on a forum on this fan site saying, yes, we're still developing. We have all intentions. But basically, no one could get their facts straight about whether or not Area Games is still publishing Bless. Now, that's not the important question. That's not the, the important point here. The important point here is that Area Games has, such, has done such a terrible job at communicating with the press and players and people who want to play this game that MMO sites just couldn't decide what the hell was going on? Uh, and I and I guess we really still can because it's it's there's just such a, a breakdown in communication here. I it is absurd it's that Bless that area games doesn't work. Like how <laughs> did they said they were changing data? Set? Are you kidding me? Like to move a subdomain from oh, one? That point. What are the, no. what is, why is it the site down? Okay, okay, but it's not just that, right? Okay, it's one thing if you have to move a bunch of databases to a data center. This is literally one image. <laughs> That, is all yeah, the that was the site. It was one image. That was it. Like, how hard would could I could go into FileZilla right now? Yes. Take two servers, and move it in the mat in the span of thirty seconds. I mean, that's only typing the passwords in. That's the whole time process. It's just typing the passwords in, and you're in. That's it. I just I don't get why this is their excuse. It's been over two weeks. Sean wrote an article on December 9th, and that was days after it happened. 
that it was down and a bunch of other crap about area and stuff, but like two weeks to move one image. Like if, if this is the rate at which they're doing stuff, I don't even want to know when the localization is. Coming. I know everyone was talking about the people at turbine just going to work. Maybe jacking and getting a salary doing nothing. Like how is it that whoever's responsible for bless, which by the way is a pretty big game, you know, it probably, you know, makes millions of a year in Korea and Russia, maybe more. I don't know. We don't know how popular it is exactly right now, but it's a big game and we played it. It was a fun game. It has a lot of potential. I mean, there is a team at whether it's area or the people that bought area that Gimigo. is responsible. Gimigo that's responsible for this game. What are they doing? Matt, explain. It takes 30 seconds to move an image from one server to another server. I want to show There's you guys no something. I want to show you guys something on the on the podcast right now. Okay, okay. So if you watch the stream, this is the offices of Ari Games, and I uh, linked it too. Now, oh my god, this company has been making, has been publishing Korean and Asian MMORPGs in the West for I believe like almost 10 years now. So they have this is a this is a you know hardy established company at this particular niche, and the fact that they're this bad at communicating. At, at getting that one image uh, teaser screen up, uh, and they have this kind of manpower. They have literally hundreds of employees, okay? It, there is no excuse beyond incompetence. Like, these people, you know, they are, they, I mean, they have they got some brain cells missing, you know? They're, they're, there's something not clicking. That, that's the only excuse. They, they can just literally t post on their homepage, bless online, this is what we got going on right now. That's it. That's all they got to say. Yeah. But they can't I want do to it. point out. I want to point out. They do. People will respond to this and they'll say, "Oh, but they do communicate." I want to say, communicating on a fan site that you don't own, on a fan site run by somebody else, an infrequent forum post—that's not professional communication at all. That's embarrassing. That yeah, tells we don't me even that, know if that's legitimate. Like, we don't know if you're the actual. We don't know who you are. Okay, here, here's the thing, right? We don't know if that's legitimate, and we know even less now because Two P just started a rumor based on something that was on their forum. Like, yeah. I mean, we don't even know if they just put that on there saying, oh, these guys are legit. You know, that's an Avria employee. Here's yeah, the little badge. It shows we don't know it. that. I mean, and it's even less believable now that they've done this. Like, now that they've sat here and, per like, propagated a rumor. Well, what benefit would that give them? Nothing. No, it wouldn't. But they might have done it anyway, you know? <laughs> It's unfortunate, too. I know people have complained that Bless looks kind of generic, but I know we had a lot of fun. I thought it was just fine the way it is. I don't need action combat. It's a really solid... I don't want to use the word solid. It's a really great traditional tab targeting uh, MMORPG with a beautiful world. Uh, and I, I, what I imagine happened is after Area merged with Gamigo, you know, project management, management changes. Uh, you have different projects now. Your priorities change. And I think they just put this on the back burner and they're just kind of stringing the people along that are interested until it's kind of forgotten about. Uh, that's the impression. I mean, anytime there's a merger, you know, things get pushed to the wayside. Somebody All said right, maybe they up. lost their only image. And that's why it's not <laughs> up yet. <laughs> they got that one image that was on blessed.areagame.com. They can't find it, you know? <laughs> All right, so here, here I want to read to, like, soothe your guys' mind. The Please soothe us. I got about the game, right? Avery, on the side, Aria is working closely with NeoWiz on the gameplay improvement aimed for the North American and European version. Now, if anything soothes my mind, it's that the people that are going to change the, tar the tab targeting style combat that I like into an action combat setting that is very difficult to get right are the same people that can't move an image from one server to another. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not soothed, Matt. I'm not soothed. Uh, it's... Oh. 
and oh. you know, forget action, action, you know, MMORPGs can be fun, and you know, getting it right is not easy. But trying to get it right when you're implementing it on a game that's already exists, like it's not you know, they're not redesigning the game from the ground up. They're tacking on a different combat system on a game that's already like done and already out. So it makes it even harder for the chance of it working is even less. Erhan said this many times. Yeah. It's very hard to do, especially in a game that's originally designed for a tab targeting uh, environment. And and so it, it change, you know, you're changing the gameplay and you're gonna end up breaking something unless exactly. you go through it. I mean a lot, know, I, know, bit by bit. I know a lot of people in the audience and a lot of people here in the panel, they prefer action combat. And this isn't a matter of action combat versus tab targeting. It's the fact that the game by the develop, original developers was built a certain way. All the dungeons, the quests, the combat, the, the, the balancing, the, the PvP, everything was built with tab targeting in mind. Uh, that system. If you just change it, okay? It, and maybe this is the reason why it's taking so long, right? Or, and maybe they're running into problems and it's delaying things. Maybe. It's because, it's because you can't just bolt on a different you know, combat system into a game that was built a different way. And I think... The cost of doing that and the time logistics of doing that is what's really holding this project back. It's too bad because I really like it. So, uh, you know, and I don't want to be too cynical. I hope that, you know, I'm completely wrong about this. I hope it's just um, poor communication. We can hope I, for that. I, I hope yeah. it's just, yeah, it's just poor communication that they have all, it's all intense in person and up, but, you know, it doesn't bode well. <laughs> and, and Matt did reach out to them. So, he we did. Got, we Matt, got... that's why Matt's journalist of the year. Yeah, so we got their only word is, you know, on the positive side, we did hear back from area specifically saying it's still being worked on. All right. They, so we heard a response saying it's being worked on. It is unfortunate that they couldn't post it themselves for the public and get rid of all this bullshit rumor mongering and the misinformation out there. But yeah, it's being worked on. That's all we got. Riveting. I have a question for you guys. I'm hmm. still I'm still showing the Aria office this here in the background. That's a nice office. It's a, very nice. I was gonna say, look, it's a nice office, but I have a problem with it, and this is it. The Go current ahead. theme or fad in in this kind of tech uh, industry is the open office, where everyone literally works right next to each other, and and I can only imagine when these office chairs are full, how noisy and distracting it can be. <laughs> oh, I've done it. I worked in an office like that, a little smaller. Really? Uh, if you have a clacker, if there's someone clacking, you know how there's people who type clacking, you fucking hate that person. Everybody rallies around hating that person. I, I can't imagine, at least I wouldn't be comfortable in this kind of environment. You know, sometimes when I'm writing something or, or looking mm -hmm. or reading or whatever I'm doing, I, I, don't, I don't have to be in my own room necessarily, but I can't be mm -hmm. like, like, I can't have someone two feet to my right and two feet to my left. It's, I, I don't know, just weird to me. I'll tell you, most people put their headphones on and don't say a damn word. That, normally that, that office is like more <laughs> quiet than you think it is. Oh, okay. It, they, they don't want to hear each other. It looks lined up like a factory. Office, like it does. Like, look, development, adaptability, whatever that other one says, and it's just like, it just goes slowly down the line. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh my god. Alright, guys, I gotta take the next news, because it's my favorite, favorite Ooh, news of the week, alright? And I think you guys will see why. It's uh, MapleStory 2 starts over. It has Whoa. nothing to do with MapleStory 2, why it's my favorite news. It's my favorite news because if you click on that video, so I want Altai to show it and put some music up, all right? It's such a cute video with the cutest music in the background. It's literally the most adorable thing I've heard all week. I demand you put it on and everyone can just enjoy this beauty. I like how this has nothing to do with the game so far. Oh, there we go. Audio is so cute. 
But uh, the gist, I'll, I'll, I'll let it run for a second. Okay, I do on. really like. I like the way it looks a lot. Yeah, me too. It it just looks fun. I don't care that you know we you know still not in the West, but this music is beautiful. And I mean, did we did we say that this game doesn't now have a chance of coming out in the West because it hired uh, translators? Uh, yeah, we, I think mentioned a couple weeks ago. Okay. But so, I, there's a chance this may actually come out so in the West. Watching they did this, hire somebody. Yes. Nexon did hire translators and, and localization people. Product manager. Product manager was okay. what they hired. I so guess they're, they're, progress. they're banking on this redesign uh, kind of reviving the whole project. And I hope it does. <laughs> we'll link the video in the chat if anyone wants to listen to some awesome music. No, just, just put us on mute. Forget about us. Listen to this awesome video. This is way better than anything we could possibly... I'm being honest over here. No, but I think Raze makes the best makes the best comment here. No massive numbers, one out of ten. It's not Maple Store without massive numbers. It's true. <laughs> and this is the restart update. I know you were that this was worded pretty funny. I think Matt said it. Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, you know your game isn't doing well. Decide to call an update restart. So <laughs> <laughs> they're literally just giving up and rebalancing everything and changing a lot of things around. So it is a big update to the game, almost like a mini little reboot. Speaking of updates, let's run through some news real quick. Uh, I got a couple. The Star sure. Wars 5th anniversary, Star Wars The Old Republic. Uh, this day, actually, 20th, when we're, when, while we're doing this. Uh, Star Wars The Old Republic came out uh, five years ago. Wow. It came out as a subscription game. It sold 2 million box copies for 60 bucks each in two weeks. And I was wow. one of those copies. I, I am an original buyer and player of Star Wars The Old Republic. I got the max level in my one free month. I did not subscribe after that, but luckily, less than a year later, in November of 2012, it went free to play, uh, and since then, it has been doing rather well. It's a very popular game now. There's tons of content. Uh, the and, uh, the latest expansion came out uh, uh, earlier this month, actually. The one complaint I would still say the game has now as an MMORPG is too much of the content is solo. It's basically a Bioware, you know, Star Wars RPG today more than an mmrpg i would say uh so that's its main complaint but it's popular it's it's doing well and if you guys haven't tried it you know it's to try it is free mm. you don't need a subscription but it's one of those games like like runescape, uh, like runescape almost where you can't do much you really feel the lack of uh content if you don't pay like the lack of progression i guess your backpack is uh very small in quantity you can't upgrade it with in-game currency if you don't if you don't pay a subscription so and there's a lot of lot of lot of things that make you want to pay, the sub. But it's, yeah, it's a it's a forever trial. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, you can you can level from I believe yes. to, to max level on the free trial throughout. It just obviously you know your experience won't be as great, and you won't experience the newest content either. But it's you can do it for free. What's the uh, what is it? Galactic Starfighter or something? The not not the space shooting thing. The the arena game. I don't remember what it's called I don't know what it's in called. Star Wars The Old Republic, but that was the only reason I wanted to play, and I wanted a way to jump straight to it, and they didn't give it to me. <laughs> Speaking about jumping through content, guys, there's been uh, some talk this last week that Final Fantasy fourteen is going to have uh, jumping through content. You can be able to get a potion that starts you at level 50. I'm not sure if we have a source for that just yet, but there, because I do believe this already exists in the Chinese and Korean version, the Asian version of the game. I'm not sure if it's Chinese or not, but I suspect that that's going to come to the West as well. If it's not already <laughs> confirmed, I mean, even Yoshi P himself for Final Fantasy 14 
we talked about it last week. He even admitted that the game uh, was simply the early game was simply not as fun as the rest of the game. So I guess this is they're following the same approach that we've seen in pretty much like so many modern MMORPGs where the solution becomes jumping players through that early content. So yeah, it's, yeah. So in the Chinese and Korean servers currently, they have a potion. Uh, you get to level fifty and you skip the story quest. Uh, and the question is, will this come to the North American, European versions? I suspect it will, because again, the, the guy, the, the main man himself, even admitted that the early content is not great. Though, honestly, I thought the problem with the pacing was the early, like from from zero to like the first few hours in, I think it's pretty great because you have this whole world you want to explore. Like the dialogue is great; you really get to like explore and look around. It's kind of like everything in the middle that kind of sucks, like is not as good, and it gets good late game, but like. The first few hours I thought was pretty excellent, like for the early game, but then it just kind of gets slow for a while, and you got to you got to grit your teeth, as we said. Uh, beyond that, I have one small update for Camelot Unchained, uh, which I thought was pretty cool news in general for the MMORPG scene more than just Camelot Unchained, and that's mm-hmm. the fact that they're gonna basically hand over all their chatting, uh, in-game chat systems to Discord. So that's the, awesome. The chatting. Yeah. Uh, in, in communication in Camelon Chain will be handled by the Discord. That means both voice and typing chat is done by Discord. It's, and the great, great the beauty about this is this it helps the players and helps the developers. The developers don't have to make their own code base for this handling this stuff. And second, players can actually talk to their guild or their friends uh, on Discord, whether it's on their desktop, their phone, or their browser. They can actually talk to people in Camelot Unchained uh, at the same time from those you know apps. So that's really cool, and I, I hope a lot more games um, do this. Like it's it's getting easier than ever actually in some ways to make a game because so much of so many components of a game can be handed out to third party tools. You know whether it's the engine itself that can be like Unreal or Unity or whatever, or you know Discord handling the chat. Uh, so I'd say that's a great it's a great um, development for for everyone involved. I think. I think it's Did awesome. Did you guys see uh, another game that's using that? There's what other game was it? There's a couple games using it. Lawbreakers. Lawbreakers is going to use it. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like it's not... For an FPS, it's a little bit more odd because I don't really log on to an FPS to talk to people the way I do in MMORPGs. Because let's you be real, RP? guys. I always you RP log in for MMO, You go on... Like, half the time I'm on Final Fantasy, you kind of want to just talk to your friends and chillax. It becomes like a chat client almost. So I can see the what? real appeal for MMORPGs. Omar, I have some anecdotal evidence against what you're saying right now because you were chatting it up in line of sight on Sunday, so it looks like you can talk. I was uh... trying to get with that girl, and then once she gave me her Facebook page, I was like, eh. Once you knew there was a language barrier, you mean? No, no, I overcame the language barrier. I seduced her with my expertise in uh, Espanol (laughs) in the Sunday Funday, but once I got to the Facebook page, her picture she used was the most flattering on her in-game profile. After that, it was all downhill. Actually, uh, Atlas Reactor, which we mentioned earlier and is our mm-hmm. game of the year for unique concepts, is uh, is also using Discord for the chat purposes. Wow. Yep, and there's a few other games that no one's ever heard of also using it that I've listed here. So that means uh, video chat soon, right? <laughs> I hope so. You know, we, yeah, here, dream. we here at MMOs.com right, love Discord. We use it internally. Uh, to actually talk to you right now, we are all on Discord channel together. I want to say too, like imagine 
your guilt chat, okay? Obviously, some of the general chat might be a little confusing, but try to wrap your mind around the guilt chat. You know, whether you're playing WoW, Final Fantasy, any game you're playing, Guild Wars 2, that guilt chat is like, honestly, I think this Discord integration will make you a lot closer with your guildmates. I think it's going to encourage social interaction a lot more. Because when I'm on Final Fantasy, I do talk to my guildmates once a while. It's fun, you know, these people that are, you know, I don't know them too well, right? Because I don't play the game as much as some of my other friends. But when I'm on, I talk. But by being able to communicate with them and read what they're saying on my phone, because I use Discord on my phone as well, and on my desktop when I'm not playing, I think it brings people a lot together, like way closer together. It's, I think, the most interesting like use of Discord I've seen. And I would love to see it integrated the way I picture it in my head, where you just have like a channel for your guild chat. You can just talk to your friends that way. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's an interesting uh, little uh, tool by Discord, um, and I hope you know more games make use of it. Because I know people that play like even like League of Legends, right? And I see them online, and I see their status online through the Android client. Like they're not even playing League; they're just on there to talk with their friends, right? Like, like League has become like a chat client. Steam has become like a chat client for a lot of people. So it just seems kind of silly to like have to be logged into the league and stuff or Final Fantasy talk to your friends. You know, it's good that it could be it'll be done through Discord one day. I would love to see MMORPGs, more MMORPGs embrace this. Indeed. Make it happen. Yoshi P. Right. Go on it. And uh just because this is so shocking to me, I wanted to bring that uh both of the recent Korean lineage games on mobile are dominating basically like lineage 2 um revolution which we've seen a lot of it was originally called dawn of aiden and now it's revolution is the unreal engine 4 powered one and it's it went straight up it is the top spot on both the korean app store and google play store right now wow and i mean it it was the top spot on the app store within 24 hours i mean it, it was insane and i played it uh recently and it surprises me even more because it's literally an MMORPG for your phone. I mean, it lets you autoplay and you have to fight it to not autoplay at some point. <laughs> but um, if you actually play it, it's not bad. I mean, it's a straight up MMORPG top down. You hold a button and it auto attacks and you have skill buttons that are around it. And, um, I mean, it's I'm surprised. It's making so much money. Wow. Is it playable? in the west without any fancy stuff or do you have to like do you have to like make a weird account just get it from kuap and you can log in with your google play account awesome, awesome. so it is playable from over here <laughs> i, I gotta make then, a video uh, for it then yeah it's insane and it's really pretty too i mean i'm surprised for a mobile mmorpg and i mean i the picture i used i took in game there are that many people that are just around the starting zone doing their quests I mean, I guess we'll save this for next week, but, you know, when we have more numbers for it. But I believe the average person's phone will be stronger than the average person's computer in, very soon, if not already. And so that means we're going to see better looking phone games than we do see PC games in the very near future. <coughs> oh, right. That reminds me. Okay, so for actual stats, they have actual stats on Linux 2 Revolution, and it's installed on over 1.3 million people's smartphones, which is putting it at second in South Korea, right at only second to Clash Royale. That's wow, the it's only killing one. it. Yeah. And uh, what I like to call Lineage of Angels, Lineage Red Knights, <laughs> is uh, following up in second. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the Lineage IP is dominating still. I mean, it's not even, like, a question. It's way up there. Both of these games are number one and two, 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, it just goes to show the strength of the Lineage franchise, even though it's fallen to the wayside here in the West. Yeah, well, what about Lineage Eternal? When it launches, it's going to be on mobile and PC integration, huh? Is that going to be number one? The mobile part's not happening. I don't think it's going to happen, but that, that was the original dream. <laughs> one can hope. And beyond just the, the player base itself, I mean, I'm looking at App Annie, number two, highest grossing revenue. So not only is it hugely being played by everyone, it's making shit tons of money. Well, that's it. We got a whole bunch more to say. This has been a very busy week here at MO's uh, industry. But unfortunately, we are running out of time, which means we have to keep the rest for the post game for Twitch only. So if you're (laughs) watching on YouTube, uh, this is the end of the road for you. If you want to see us more, you got to watch us live on twitch.tv slash MMOs, D-O-T-C-O-M. Whoa, he even spelled it out for you. No excuses. Well, no I got to spell it out. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to type the dot and then the dot. That's here. true. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's true. All right. Post game time, boys. Later, That's guys. See ya. See ya. Peace. All right. We're still live, guys. Just That was for YouTube.